Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fing. We're back, man. Episode 285. Yes, sir. All right. Tomorrow, you guys will be celebrating Labor Day. And normally, I wouldn't get the opportunity to do it. But I got a text message from my boss earlier saying, hey, you want the day off tomorrow? And I was like, fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times, you got to take those certain days, man. You can't just always be working. So I, I took him up on it. So... I'll get to be like the rest of y'all enjoying my day off because truck drivers don't get holidays off, brother. Yeah, y'all be running year round. If it was the last day on earth, if 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 a motherfucking nuclear bomb hit, they'd be like, hey, we still got to get these loads out. <laughs> That's how it works, man. If the world was coming to an end, they would still need trucks to get supplies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. But mm-hmm. enough about me. All right, let's get right into it. All right, sw- uh, what's up about switching gears? It's the first topic. All right, mm-hmm. a beefed-up car with a giant bull named Howdy Doody crammed into a passenger seat pulled over by the Nebraska police. Now, I know this sounds funny, but it's the fucking truth. There was literally a massive bull, and what I want you to do right now while you're listening is go to your phone and look this up, and it is a literal bull with massive fucking horns sitting in a Crown Victoria. And this is like a 1995 Crown Vic, man. Hmm. It, it's wild. All right, let me get an article. A man driving a full-size a full-size bull named Howdy Doody in the passenger seat of a beefed-up car was pulled over by... That was pretty funny uh, play on words. Uh, <laughs> over by police in, uh, in Nebraska on Wednesday after a stunned onlooker reported the odd sight. Authorities said officers in Norfolk, about 120 miles northwest of Omaha, were dispatched for a call for a vehicle with a cow inside rolling through town. Police records showed Uh, police assume the bovine passenger would be a small calf. But what they came upon near the corner of West Norfolk Avenue and North 13th Street was a full size bull riding shotgun in a 1996 Crown Victoria. The car's roof of the passenger side had been removed so the animal could fit. It's a solid car. So when I went up, went on and purchased up and beefed up the frame that was under it and the suspension, the tires and floor, and cut the top off, and we're, and we were good to go. The Bulls owner, Lee Meyer, said Thursday night the car is a retired police cruiser from the Nebraska village of Arnold. The idea of turning it to Howdy Doody's wheels had been to Meyer's mind for years, but it took doubting grandfather to push him into action. Okay, look. These people don't have nothing to do, man. <laughs> they just on that farm all day, not dealing with society. Like, you know what would be a good idea? If we took that car and chopped it up and put a cow in it. That's what we do, goddammit. That's how we do it over here. That cow was confused as a motherfucker. He is like, dude, I've never been on the freeway. What the fuck is going on? They put a cage on the outside of the car. Like, yeah. this is something they planned out. Yeah, it was well thought out. I'm pretty sure this guy has a car with a bunch of machine guns attached to it. <laughs> like, this guy has got, like, he probably got, like, a, a freaking redneck uh, <laughs> a Batmobile that, like, when you drive past him, he just got let out tax all over the all <laughs> over the freeway. Where did he say he was going? Uh, he just was driving. It. He didn't have no destination. Nah, he couldn't have been just taking his cow on a ride. Probably. But you know what, dude? If I'm a cop, I'm, I don't want to engage a fucking massive bull like that. The horns on this thing were uh, massive. I don't even. First of all, that bull has to be trained and it has to be a really peaceful bull. It has to be. There's no you, you do not get a rowdy bull on a car like that. He has to voluntarily get himself on. 
I don't think you train a bull though. Yeah, I mean he had to. You don't be like get on there now. You I mean, grab they, by the yeah, fucking horns. You can't. There's do ways that. of maneuvering the the animals, and they're like chained up. But I don't know. That's crazy. That shit crazy. If that cage fell down, can you imagine a bull flying off on the freeway? It's gonna kill some people. Mm-hmm. That thing. That and we're not talking about a bull that like oh it's pretty. It's a cute. No, this thing was it reached its ugly stage. Because yeah. when a bull is little and it's a little baby, like, oh, my God, look at the cow. It's just so, uh, such a cute. This motherfucker looked like it was, it had reached a prehistoric dinosaur bull fucking horn yeah, face. The horns is crazy. Oh, my God. The cold part about it is so much doo-doo on the back of the car. Oh, man, that's the worst. Yeah, it's just doo-doo just running down the back. I bet you that cow had diarrhea shit flying out his ass. Yeah. I think the most wild shit I've seen since I've been driving trucks is I was in I was in L.A. and there was a horse and there was a horse trailer. It was a single. It must have been a single horse trailer because it wasn't very big. And all you can see is the horse's ass. Right. So I'm driving behind this horse trailer and I got a pretty good distance between me and the horse trailer. And the and the fucking horse's tail kind of went up and a big ass piece of shit flew flew no it didn't fall out it shot out the the horse's ass and hit the truck man oh a projectile yeah it wasn't diarrhea it was just a big turd mm-hmm. that motherfucker came out like a brick <laughs> that's crazy. I seen some shit there was another time people you need to learn how to tie your shit down too please please learn I was headed back from Riverside and this dude had a bunch of shit on his truck untied. And his lid from his barbecue pit flew open, and some burnt chicken flew off the truck. <laughs> that probably about that was about four years ago. Why didn't he take the chicken out? I don't know. The, uh, look, I, I don't drive around with burnt chicken, so I have no experience. What the fuck? Now that's wild. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah crazy. I, I think I don't know. I, I I've been watching that show Yellowstone, so I feel like I'd be knowing a little bit about uh, about cowboying and. He probably was he probably was selling that that bull somewhere or trying to I don't know if it was breeding or something but he was probably taking it across Nebraska somewhere probably riding across Omaha to uh to some other farm he probably going to get him a few thousand dollars for that for that uh for that bull and you know he's going to drive back home but the way he designed the car you right like the way he designed the car mm-hmm. it was purposeful like that ain't his first. That ain't his first rodeo. No pun intended. No, it's like not he been he been doing that for a long time. Because you don't just chop your car and put the put the little gate on there. You know, just for just for one ride. That's crazy. I could just imagine. He probably he, he, he probably couldn't afford a whole trailer and 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 the whole nine with the the truck with the dually and everything. Like I disagree. I think this guy was just looking to create a fucking freak show because he knew it. All the all the modifications he did to that car, you could have easily got a fucking dually truck. It didn't got to be a new one. It was, to, he didn't have no modifications. He just cut it up. No, no, he did. No, he talked about it. He reinforced the suspension. Oh, dang. Yeah, the suspension. You have no choice. When you put an object that fucking that heavy, large. it's going to squash that down. So he, he put a lot of money into suspension. When he could have put that shit into just getting a truck, he could have put the fucking bull back there. That's crazy. You know, I can just imagine him driving down the street with this thing, blasting music. They fucking pull him over. Yeah. Hey, man. You know you got a fucking full-size bull in the passenger seat? Yeah. Like, I know. I was heading on over to get it down to, to, to my friend's house, and <laughs> that was it. Why are you bothering me? It's like, hey, look, man. Like, if I'm a cop, I don't want to engage that. So yeah. what, I'll be like, hey, look, we're going to create you a convoy wherever you need to go, but you need to get the fuck off the highway, man. Yeah. This is public safety risk, man. You can't have this animal out here like this. That might just tip over. 
Oh my God. This is not, yeah. You got to get off the road, buddy. That's crazy. We we never see things like this in California because we don't, you know, it's not a it's not a common occurrence to see these type of animals like that. That's not true. What do you mean? It's a bull. It's well, bulls I everywhere. I know, but I, I know, but I'm saying is is like it it's not ingrained so much in our culture here for that to happen. Like we have a lot of agriculture and animals and shit like that, but I've never seen a nigga going down the street that, with a yeah, motherfucking. That's just not, yeah, that's, that's not normal nowhere. That's that's extra shit, man. That that is now crazy. I have seen guys on horses in Bakersfield, but I've seen them like in the you know the rural areas. They'll be just driving up, like going down the street on horses. You'd be like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. Um, I know some people with some horses. They're also like in the country out here. It's for show people like riding horses. They be riding horses around town. Every time I see a person on a horse in Bakersfield, I just be thinking, I got the horses in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take my... Yeah, that song was so fucking massive, man. Yeah, it was a huge... It was a... that that You know what? Okay, Lil Nas is not a one-hit wonder because he's still around, but if he was a one-hit wonder, he probably is the biggest one ever. I don't know. There's some pretty big ones. Yeah, but that you got, song you was, got like generate like a vanilla ice. There's some songs that have spanned generations, man. I know, but you, is is Ice Ice Baby bigger than? I mean, that statistically, that song was like pretty huge. But just like you, you, that's only been like so many years, like a few years, right? So it was number one for however long. But you got to think, Ice Ice Baby, it'd be like in sh- like cartoons, little animated movies. All right, now. stop. Collaborate and listen. Yeah, especially like when the credits come on and all the characters break dancing and stuff. Like, <clears throat> I have to think of some other ones, but yeah, that's a Old Town Road is a huge. You know where you got that song. sample, right? That was a Sting or something. Is under pressure. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh, not. Um, what's Freddie Mercury's band Queen? Is it from Queen? Yeah, I think it's Queen. Yeah. Dun dun. dun, 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 dun. They just took that sample. Yeah. Cut, boom. Just that little bass line. That's a fucking, that was a huge Pretty song. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, Vanilla Ice. That's one of them for sure. But there's some other one-hit wonders that were fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah, there's some songs that I, that I there's some people that are one-hit wonders that have big songs, but it wasn't the most massive. Uh-huh. The one that stuck around too was Return of the Mac. Oh no, Return yeah. of the Mac. I don't even know who the fuck made made that song. I think somebody remade that. Like I think they did. Was it uh was it G Easy? I don't know. I don't somebody know. Somebody remade that. I don't know. Certain remakes they just don't work. Sometimes you just gotta let the song lie. Yeah. 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 I don't even know what dude was saying on this song. Every time I feel I die for you, you lie to my but you did, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> that shit came out when I was like in the fucking sixth grade, dude. Sixth, seventh grade, right in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a massive song. That was crazy. MC Hammer wasn't a one hit wonder, but he had a couple songs. Yeah, but, he, had some, he had some slaps. What was his biggest one? Uh,. I don't know. It's a hammer time one. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's he took. Uh, he took Rick James sample and, and mm-hmm. cut it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
dun, 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 dun. He was like a uh he, he was like uh kind of original in, inside of like hip hop cuz he was like real hip hop but he was like like, like a dance in, like yeah dance. like a poppy dance type vibe. Pumps on a bump, pumps on a bump. He was dancing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He still be getting on like ESPN bragging about Bay Area sports and stuff like that. MC Hammer, um, he got massive like overseas after he had fell off in the states. People think that he just went broke and that was it, but nah, yeah. he's selling out. Like he's making a lot of money overseas, man. Yeah, they love old American acts. That's a beautiful thing about having a catalog. Mm-hmm. Is you know, you may not be famous in America like you used to be, but. You could still go to China and get a big bag or, you know, go to Europe or something like that and get a big bag. Go to Africa and get a, yeah. get a big bag. You go to China, you could be genuine and go to China and they'd be like, I'm just a bachelor. <laughs> I'm looking for a partner. <laughs> looking Some, for a partner. Somebody <laughs> who know how to ride. <laughs> <laughs> Without even falling off. Without even falling off. Hurry up and buy. <laughs> Got to be compatible. (laughs) Uh, Take me to my Nissan. (laughs) All right, enough of that. Enough, enough. So anxious. (laughs) (laughs) So very anxious. Meet me at 11.30. Love you talking dirty. Love you talking dirty to me. To me. (laughs) (laughs) Very dirty. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. You you laughing, but it be like that in different countries, man. They really rock out with the music. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I seen a Snapchat one time. Um of like some people in China and it was a trip because they were speaking like like regular English. Oh like really? Just walking around speaking. Yeah. And you know, the over there, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with, you know, the, the how the languages are split up and stuff like that. But I know there's certain sections that speak like English pretty fluently and then there's some, you know, some sections that's they speak Mandarin and different stuff like that. There are certain places in China where they they um they celebrate uh, like chola or cholo culture mm-hmm. or Latino culture, like mm-hmm. uh, like street culture though, not like Latino culture, but like the street culture. Low riders and stuff. low riders <clears throat> and the oversized pants and all of that. They yeah, be out crazy. there, yeah. And it's Chinese Crips too. Really? Yeah, they like rolling sixties. <laughs> Nip- Nipsey a hustle. <laughs> Nipsey hustle, real good, really nice, <laughs> really good, really nice. If you go check it out, and you think if you think me and Keith is just you know being racist or something, man, mm-hmm. go look it up. There are literally places in China where they celebrate you know the dickies, the oversized dickies, and yeah. like it, they some even go all the way back to like the zoot suits because mm-hmm. back in the day chicanos were really big on uh zoot suits mm-hmm. wearing like real fresh zoot suits driving mm-hmm. those classic cars and stuff yeah and in china they be having that yeah and you'd be like dang that's crazy you know what's hilarious about kids now and i'll say this before we move on kids be wearing these vintage t-shirts of like old bands like you know metallica acdc and mm-hmm. you know um Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses and fucking Pink Floyd and shit. Mm -hmm. But if you ask these kids, hey, what's your favorite Pink Floyd song? They're like, 
Oh no, I don't listen to that. It's like, yeah. why are you wearing these shirts? <laughs> yeah, you wear, I get it. It's a cool shirt, I but, get, but it's know, like, you come just on. at least want to know one song. Yeah, you got to know something. Yeah, it's nuts. You know what's wild too is like, Tupac died over two decades ago, mm-hmm. and I seen some kid walking to school with a Tupac shirt, and I seen some girl with like a Selena shirt. I'm like, damn, like that's how much impact they had on American culture. Still, I was actually uh, I was randomly singing a Selena song like. Might have been in the elevator or something like that. I could fall. And somebody, no, I was in the yeah. dentist actually. Uh, and they were like, What song are you humming? I was like, Oh, Selena. And she was like, Oh, I love that movie. Then we started, we had a follow five minute conversation about the movie. So it just, it, it still be like, it's crazy how these people be having such impacts on the world that they I still, know. You they, gotta, it's almost like they're still alive. Right. You got to understand that they've died over two decades ago before these kids were even fucking born. Some of these mm-hmm. kids are born in like, if, if a kid's in high school now, they're born like 2007 or some shit, if yeah. my math is correct. Mm-hmm. So if they're born in like 2007, like Tupac died in 96. Mm-hmm. So God damn. Yeah, that's way after they was Di- born. Yeah, they died a decade before, <clears throat> you know, they was even born. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. And then you, and, and with me, like I grew up, like I was a grown ass kid when Tupac died. Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy when you experience something and then you get older and then other people kind of dilute it. Mm-hmm. Like Tupac wasn't even dope. He wasn't even this. It's like, bro, you weren't even born when he fucking was alive. Yeah. You, you have, have your, to have like the- You're um, victim of the moment, man. Yeah. You got to have the, um, sometimes like you, you hear a lot of these older like, uh, like music podcasts and stuff like that. They be saying like, you know. It's cool that you think Kendrick is this or mm-hmm. J. Cole or this person is this, but he was like, you weren't outside when yeah. you, know, like you didn't feel the impact of, Man. of some of these things. And a lot of times, like numerically, it doesn't make sense. Like you'd be like, yeah. well, Tupac doesn't have this or this artist doesn't have a Grammy or a number right. one record. But you just got to be like, yo, like, dog, when I was when I walked outside when the album dropped, the neighbor was playing it. Yeah. The car rolling by was playing it. Right. The, you know, so just kind of. Not to mention back in the day, when <clears throat> they premiered videos on MTV where it was an event. Your whole motherfucking cousins, everybody's sitting there waiting for the, the video to be showed on MTV for the first time. Yeah. Like it was, I remember, I remember first time, uh, um, ain't nothing but against the party. When mm-hmm. that shit first came out. They premiered it on MTV and they stopped like the programming that was on and yeah. it said premiere, 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 premiere yeah. on MTV. And then they showed the video. We was like, oh, shoot, it's Snoop Dogg and, yeah, that's and fire. Tupac. Yeah. It was America's Most Wanted, what it's called. Mm-hmm. Tupac and Snoop. That shit was crazy. It's perfect. I paid a perfect picture. That shit was so hard. The volume was all the way up on that old ass <laughs> TV. Fucking, yeah. it was getting all distorted and shit. Yeah. Tupac was like, put the profile. I'm kind of punk with punk. We're like, turn the volume down. It's too loud. <laughs> it was all t- washed out. Yeah, yeah, it was all washed out. But that yeah, crazy. man. Yeah, I don't know how we got there, but mm-hmm. we got there. Shout out to Tupac. Shout out to R.I.P. Tupac, Selena. Mm-hmm. All right. And the lady that shot Selena is supposed to get out. Really? Yeah. Dang. I, feel I wonder like, how people going to feel about that. I feel like somebody going to beat her ass when she get out. Yeah, you took away an icon, dog. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Selena's killing me. I don't even know her name. She just, she just looked like she. Uh, hold on. Selena's murderer, Yolanda Saldivar, is eligible for, for parole in twenty twenty five. 
I mean, she's eligible for it. I don't mean she gonna make it, but man, she look she looking bad. I think before she get out, somebody gonna shank her in there, bro. What's her name? Uh, Yolanda Saldivar. That's so crazy. How you shoot Selena, bro? Like, how do you do something like that? And Selena just seemed like a beautiful soul. She did her interviews back in the day. She was always like smiling real big and laughing and shit. This is kind of that obsessive fan culture, man. Yeah, bro. That shit. Wow. <clears throat> that was, was she supposed to be her manager or something? Something like I that. I think she was the president of the fan club. Yeah, pres- yeah, that's fucking insane. Yeah, she was uh, Saldivar. Yes, yeah, Saldivar had been the president of St. Lena's fan club and the manager of her boutiques. Oh, my God. But she lost both positions a short time before the murder. Oh. Dang. When the singer's family discovered that she had been embezzling money from both organizations. Whoa. So she was just a thief and a murderer. Yeah. Man. I'm telling you right now, it's some, it's some, bro, it's some, back then, it's probably was some teenagers. They was like 14 years old, 13 years old. Huge fucking Selena Mm -hmm. fans. If you, let me just try to make sense of this. You see how big Taylor Swift is right now? Selena was bigger than that. Taylor Swift is weird because she has been famous for a long time. Yes. But now it's OD. Yes, it's it's out of she control. She can't even walk outside. She can't? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as she try to eat a slice of pizza, we are never, <laughs> ever, ever getting back. How's it going? Getting yeah. back together? One of those. <laughs> One of them, but I've been hearing great things about that about her concerts, man. Even That's what I'm saying. Stephen A. Smith said that he went there with his daughters, they and he the said, "Kids, yeah, and man." He said he's like, "When I went over there, I just figured I would just spend my time with my daughters, but she tore the house down." Yeah, Taylor Swift tore the whole house down. I was like, "Damn, Stephen A. Smith said that." That's what everybody the the concert reviews. Her and Beyonce is like competing, like the Renaissance tour and this this Taylor Swift tour is like. Man, I wonder. They what... made they had they had they had. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but Go they ahead. had um, both of them concerts made like a billion plus dollars in, in revenue, and then they had a whole. They took out a whole, and I don't think this is real. I don't think it's true, but they took out a whole segment on um, like one. I forget the. Um, what which, what uh, channel it is, but it's a channel that has all the stock shows and the stock information and stuff. But um, they were saying that the release of she she uh, recorded her concert and then she's gonna put it in theaters for like four weeks. And they are talking about it on the the, the stock market TV show or whatever mm-hmm. as if this is going to like save um, like the 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 the, um, the economy. Yeah, what's the um, What's the, the AMC? The AMC, you know, they have a stock, and they're saying they're acting like it's gonna give a bump to the stock market just because she's gonna release this four, you know, this four week run of her of her concert. I'm I mean, like, you, you can't underestimate Taylor at this point. And I take it back. Selena was not bigger than Taylor Swift, but that trajectory was going to be bigger. Yeah, she had, she was just she hadn't even reached her fucking tip. She haven't reached she hadn't reached the tip of the iceberg yet. Yeah. So if she yeah. had been if you give her another three years, she would have been on some straight up icon shit. Yeah, because that, that's how the like what Beyonce is doing right now, this is what, twenty five years of, you know, being being in the limelight, you know, Crazy. releasing music and stuff like that. And that's just a I don't know the real number, but I'm just saying like that's like 
that's how that's how long it has taken her to where she can earn a billion dollars and I know. You know and was Taylor wild, Swift, you know what I'm saying? Was wild as Selena was everything she was, but thick. <laughs> and brown. Yeah, if Taylor Swift can do this with no ass, imagine what Selena could do. Crazy, right? <laughs> <It's> fucking nuts. <laughs> she was 75% thicker than Taylor Swift. <laughs> Crazy man. I wonder you I'm curious now about Taylor Swift's concert. If she could get me to her concert and have me singing like a white girl, I'll get on this podcast and be like, hey, you know what? Taylor Swift had me singing. You know what it is? I was I my name was Bethany for two hours. That's the thing, like <laughs> uh you know, like we, we were listening, are you at uh we both listened to that Joe Budden podcast with Vince Staples on there? Yes. And um he he basically was talking about a show and how you could put together a show, mm-hmm. and I think that um, she's doing it on a grand scale, right. and a lot it's a lot of factors that goes with hers. One, you know, she got screwed out of her masters by a record label. They made it look like that supposedly, but, yeah, but by by Scooter Braun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she just re she she re recorded her music, right. and so there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't like her, and there's a lot of people that just love her and you know have a lot of empathy for her. So I think that plays into her, you know, having so many fans out. She just got hits. That's like undeniable. She got Grammy awards and and all these different things, and um, she's she put on an amazing show where everybody is talking about it. Right? You got mm. you got people that are like like uh, I don't. It was. Stephen A was definitely one. I think Joe Rogan. I don't know if he went. It was somebody else. One of those. One of those guys that just like you know where you like they not Taylor Swift fans, 100%. but they took their kids and their kids was like having so much such a good time. And then they looking at it as a spectacle and they like yo this is od. This is so. Different. I'm saying that to say like when you have that you do the first show right Taylor Swift she probably open up and. Who knows, like in, in Florida or something like that. You open up in Florida and then people doing their little videos and mm-hmm. everything like that. And everybody like, yo, I, I just left Taylor Swift concert. It was the best concert ever. Yeah. And then the next city is like, yo, this is they going crazy for this show. And then know. it just kind of built this momentum to where it's like a whole avalanche. And by the time she finished her tour, I think she just finished like last week or something like that. Um, yeah. It, it was a viral post. And it, this is this is crazy. And this is hilarious. There was this girl that went to a Taylor Swift concert, and then she FaceTimed her ex-boyfriend at the concert while Taylor Swift was singing, we are never, ever, (laughs) ever getting Getting back. back And the dude was like, why are you calling me, dude? (laughs) What the fuck? What are you calling me for? Why are you doing this? Yeah, I would be mad. That ain't something... It's funny as a as an internet moment, but nigga, don't be calling me. And she was with her friends, and they all pointing at the screen like, "We." I mean, you broke but, up with me. I'm not with your fucking friends. What the yeah, fuck are you yeah, talking yeah. about? He's like, "Dude, why'd you call me, dude? Like, why are you calling?" Me? That's what I'm saying. It's cool for the for the <laughs> spectacle, like you know, your friends could get that off. But at the right. at the end of the day, like you know, I don't want to get back with you. Like, why are you calling me? Yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah, and it went viral. I, I, I probably try to find it before the end, or you guys could go look for it. But mm-hmm. there was a girl literally. Telling her boy, like she, you know what's so petty is she probably was waiting to respond to his text. He's like, I just, I care about you. I made a mistake and I just want you to understand that I do care about you. And she left it blank. She's like, we're going to go to the Taylor concert and we're going to fucking turn it out. And yeah. then as soon as she plays that song, I'm going to FaceTime him. And then she planned it. She, it was an elaborate plan. Yeah. But he was like, what the fuck, bro? Like, why are you calling me? Like, why are you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he was like a bro. He got to go to the 50 Cent concert. And then when they go, I don't know what you heard about me. But if you can't get a dollar out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to retaliate, yeah. Our 50 yeah. Cent concert was pretty dope, too. If it's, it's it's unfortunate that Nate Dogg is, is passed on. Yeah. Because he could have went and be like, ah, God That's the first hoes. one I thought of. But I was like, Nate Dogg is dead, so he can't. Yeah. I got hoes. <laughs> In different area codes. Five oh four three oh seven two eight nine four eight seven six six one six six one having fun eight oh five still alive. That's funny. Oh man, it'd be crazy. They had like a special segment for Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Six six one. <laughs> so six, many hoes. <laughs> so many hoes in Rosedale. Hoes in Rosedale. Hoes in Rosedale. Hoes in Rosedale. Hoes hoes. Hoes on Brundage Avenue. <laughs> Brundage Lane. There's so many hoes on Stockdale Highway. <laughs> I had to hit the highway. Do it my way. <laughs> Ludacris is so animated when he rapped. Like, hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, that's <laughs> six six one. Having fun. <laughs> yes, he was a different rapper, man. Yeah, All right, we we we're just dragging this. I just somebody. thought about like the on the Genius documentary. Mm-hmm. Kanye West is making a freaking Grammy Award winning album. Mm-hmm. And he got to sneak in on Ludacris's session after like yeah. the last little thirty minutes. And Ludacris is not even like really he not really engaged in the whole process. No. He, he just like it's just like a little bag for him probably. Yeah. Then you know a year later, Kanye West is the biggest rapper in the world. Yeah, I know. Dang. You never know who you're helping. Yeah. Yep. Switching gears. Um, women more likely to be ripped off by auto repair. Study says. This is unfortunate, ladies. You know, we're in your corner. We're tired of you getting ripped off. Okay? Let me read this here. Uh, 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 women are more likely to be likely than men to be taken for a ride, so to speak, when calling around for car repairs. Um, a new study out of Northwestern University found auto shops qu- quoted higher prices to women who appeared uninformed about work needed to be done. Uh, but women are also more successful in negotiating the price down. That doesn't even make sense. Like, you, if you're getting... If you're getting bamboozled and you're negotiating, you I don't got, think they're negotiating. I think that they just got titties. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know it's nine thousand, but like here, <laughs> here. He's like, oh, uh, 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 eight fifty, eight fifty. Yeah, yep. All right, but yeah, man, um, it ain't right. And w- what brought about this whole topic is. Uh, yesterday, I stopped by Jiffy Lube, and I just went to go get some oil, right? Get my oil changed, and I get conventional. You know, they say that my car is supposed to take synthetic, right? But here's the thing that people don't know, and this is known by a lot of mechanics, too, that if you have a high-performance vehicle, synthetic. If you have a car that is, you know, high-performance, or if you're towing a lot, if you're towing a lot of heavy things, and you got, like, one of these newer trucks, you need synthetic also, Right? But if you just got a daily driver and you're not running it hard, right, just get conventional. Mm-hmm. It's con- You need conventional. When I went there and I was like, all right, um, yeah, just let me get some conventional. And he's like, no, nah, it, it, it shows that your car needs synthetic. He's like, that'll be 93 so I'm like, I'm not paying $90 for oil change. $90 is expensive. Lost. He's like, well, saying that you go, let me ask my boss. I'm like, 
Nigga, you ain't got to ask your boss. I know I'm getting conventional. This is oil. It ain't like your car going to yeah, break down. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. So he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you could get conventional. I'm like, yeah. How much was I it? Uh, I was, it was $52. Damn, that's way cheaper. Yeah, way cheaper. You know, <clears throat> My thing is they say, well, you could change it yourself. I'm not about to get under my car and do all that extra work and pay the same price. Because when you get a filter and oil quartz and all that, it's going to come out to marginally cheaper. So why do the labor when you could just go even even this even mechanics that uh that fucking go through the lube places just because they don't want to have to deal with all the extra shit. Yeah, they don't be want to work on cars on the yeah, off days. Yeah, you got to do all that. Yeah, but yeah, man, ladies, you gotta at least have some type of a relationship with your car and know what's happening, and also get a second opinion or, or find a very honest mechanic, or just have some idea of what's happening with your vehicle. You sometimes you guys go way over your oil changes, man, and that ain't good. Mm-hmm. Why are you fucking seven thousand miles over your oil change? You cannot run your car like that. Yeah, that ain't it. And, and the, the the lady yesterday was like, "Well, I'm a woman. I don't know anything about cars." It's like when you take the responsibility of driving a car, that's the moment when you need to learn something because it will stop you from being stranded on the side of the road. You yeah. can't in a world where women are like, "I'm independent. I'm independent." I respect that you're independent. However, you will be dependent on men if you don't figure out your vehicle. How did you, um, just in general, how did you learn about, like, you know, the bare necessities for your car? How did I learn about the bare necessities is when you grow up in poverty and you start barely scratching by getting enough money to get cars, you have no choice but to learn about your vehicle to keep it running because you have a bullshit car and you need to know how to mitigate issues. If you have a car that has somewhat of an oil leak, you need to have an extra quart of oil to fill it so it doesn't run low. When when you have an issue where there's a a minor coolant leak, you need to have extra coolant or water in the car. So you start to identify the issues of the vehicle based on the problems that it's having. And especially if you have a couple of cars, you start to really understand what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. right? Or or I could identify like all kinds of other issues with people's cars just because I've had a lot of issues with my own over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's real. Yeah, man. You mm-hmm. don't have it. When you poor, when you grow up poor and you get a vehicle, you got it. You have no choice but to learn because you, you, do stuff. you will end up right back on the motherfucking city bus if, yo, if you don't yeah. stay up on your vehicle. Yeah, I think um, the, thing, the thing for me or the point that I was um, trying to make is that, like, at least for me, I... I'm not no mechanic by any means, but I've changed my spark plugs before, changed my oil before, mm-hmm. you know, changed tires and, um, you know, just like, just kind of like very central stuff. Uh, I've definitely changed like a belt on my car and just like stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but I learned primarily all of that stuff just by Googling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, or like maybe like some handbooks and stuff like that that come with the car. And that's not that's not um, inherent to a man. Mm. So I'm, I'm basically trying to say that that excuse that I'm a woman and, you know, I don't know anything about cars or whatever. It's like we all have the same capabilities. Like as much right. as you be on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, yeah. you could TikTok how to change your oil or TikTok when mm-hmm. it's necessary to, necessary to change your tires or, mm-hmm. you know, just some basic stuff. And, and you don't even have to do it. That's not even an issue because if you got the funds to pay for it, take it to the... 
to take it to the shop, but you just want to know yeah. something. You don't want to go in there like, and that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of times when you can go in there and you can at least identify the problem, that's a way where you don't have to get screwed over, you know? Because yeah. if you can go in there and say like, hey, I just want I just want my brakes changed or I just want this or, you know, I want my rotors resurfaced or something like that. They'll be like, all right, cool. It's such and such dollars. And then, you know, we'll have it ready in like two hours. But yeah. if you go in there and you're like, I don't know, my car is just making this noise and blah, 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 you know, and just so stressful and oh my gosh, then they're going to go in there and go like, oh yeah, you uh, you definitely need your brakes changed. Well, it's probably best to change all four of them right now Bruh, and get new rotors. You're right. And it uh, looks like you got a little bit of a coolant link, so it'll probably be like $3,000. And they're like, oh my gosh, 3000 Okay, here's my card. Right. It, you got to stop allowing these guys to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I've stopped a few women in the past. Um, there was one occasion where they were about to put the car up on the lift and start doing the work. I said, have they done the work yet? What was your quote? And she's like, oh, it was 2100 or something. It was something of that nature. And I was like, uh, and I, I said, I asked her what kind of car she had. I looked, I seen it. I said, what kind of issues did they have? And I was like, hey, stop them. Tell them to bring the car back down on the lift and then head over here and get a quote from there. And she was like, okay. And then she just stopped and said, hey, um, can I take my car to this other place and get a quote first? And they were like, uh, Okay. And then she took off. And I felt like I was doing God's work because I know damn well they were going to rip her off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What all did she need? Do you not remember? Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember. It was some suspension stuff, but I oh, sent her okay. over to Magic Auto. Yeah. And Magic has more, you know. And then as far as your rotors are concerned, they say, yeah, you need new rotors. That's not always true. Sometimes you can have those rotors, you can have them put through like a rotation device. You can have them resurfaced. Yeah. So you could resurface those rotors. Uh, turn them and put them back on. You don't always have to fucking get new rotors. If you yeah. didn't, if you didn't beat the shit out of your rotors, you could still keep them. Just get them resurfaced. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? That, that's where you save money. Mm-hmm. Another way you could save money is, I don't know. Um, if you're if you're towards the end of your oil change, mm-hmm. you instead of just changing the oil, you can add. So you could do it. You could top it off. Mm-hmm. Right. Check your oil level. If it dropped a tiny bit, you could top it off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just go get an oil change immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people know that or not. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can totally do that because mm-hmm. putting oil in your car is about lubrication. Right. And once the viscosity of the oil starts to change, that could make it harder for your car to run. Mm-hmm. However, you know, you you do you can add a little bit, not a whole quart all the time, mm-hmm. but you can add a little bit of oil just to get your car back up to level until you get your next oil change, mm-hmm. right? Considering that you're not thousands of fucking miles over your oil change, mm-hmm. then you can do that. Mm-hmm. But bro, there are people that that uh, there's all kind of mechanic videos of people that go thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. And they barely, this one this one girl went in to get her oil changed. And when they took the oil pan and they opened it up, it was just a couple of drips of oil. Like, boop, boop, boop. I'm like, dude. There was no the, oil in there? It was hardly any oil. Yeah. Another time they had, uh, somebody had really bad heads. And the oil and the coolant start mixing and it came out as sludge. God dang. And I'm like, dude. And then when, it, when that happens, when you got bad heads, they got to take the whole shit apart. And then they got to resurface the heads. Put a new gasket down, and it's just a big job. Mm-hmm. So you have to locate when these things are happening. Like even on my old truck, I took the the valve cover gaskets. I had that changed off, scraped the old gasket off, put a new one down, and cleaned a little area, and I was good. Mm-hmm. You know, luckily. But if you keep letting that shit happen, and that coolant and that fucking oil start getting married, now you got a problem, Bob. Yeah. Okay. When you when your shit start looking milky. Mm-hmm. 
it ain't silky. <laughs> that way. Yeah, cars is, is tricky, man, because, um, you know, that one day they run good and the next day you got stuff leaking everywhere. And it's it's important. And the, the, the hard thing about cars is like you don't necessarily you can't. Uh, it's, an, it's unpredictable a lot of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you'd be riding around and everything cool. And all of a sudden you got a five hundred dollar, you know, thing that you got to fix on your car there was this i already talked about that story on this podcast about the girl that i stopped at the store she said hey do you know if uh you know if i could get a jump or i think i gave her a jump and then i also seen after i gave her a jump to get her car started i seen she didn't have any fucking cooling it was bone dry and i said hey i got some 50 50 i'll put in there you know so it should be cool it's pre-diluted but i don't know exactly what coolants you need so I, i'm kind of apprehensive to put it in there but you don't have any cooling. Like, have you been driving it or have you been letting people drive? It's like, it's this dude I met and I've been letting him drive it. But like, you know, and I'm thinking like, ladies, stop fucking a guy that needs your car. All yeah. right. No disrespect to, you know, that situation. But like, stop fucking these dudes. This dude's driving your shit and fucking it up. It's like a grown baby. Yeah. And then one and then there was no men there. It was nothing but women there that she she was calling people. Nobody showed up. And I'm a stranger helping her out with her car. I'm looking underneath it and shit. I topped off her coolant. I was like, hey, get this car home and park it. And, and you know, get it to a mechanic shop because you're gonna you're gonna what the fuck? You're gonna you're gonna burn this car up. Mm-hmm. And luckily it was such the engineering was so good on this car it was a Chevy uh Impala. Mm-hmm. And the engineering was so good that, you know, she's, her car was still running. It wasn't running hot or anything. Yeah. I was like, but this car is too new to have these problems, man. You got to yeah. you gotta stay on top. He's like, okay. The nigga probably been going to L.A. He probably driving everywhere, beating the car up. Yeah. yeah. And these are attractive young <clears throat> ladies. Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't have been no older than like 21, and she was fucking stacked. Yeah. But I was being respectful. I wasn't trying to holler at her. Yeah. But like if I'm a guy on the street and I'm telling you this stuff, right, and I'm helping you guys out. And she had like a couple friends with them. All of them was hot. Mm-hmm. All of them was fine. Mm-hmm. It was a chocolate one in the passenger seat. She got out like, is everything all right? And I'm like, now it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the, some dude showed up with his fucking pants ha- hanging down. And, and I'm thinking like, one of you guys are probably fucking this dude. And he just got his hands in his pants like, yeah, I don't even, something crazy. I don't even know what's going on. That like, nigga. bro, come on. Do better. You gotta do better. Yeah. Do better. I mean, it, it, for for a man to need your car, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, just just. But if he's like, there's a there's a difference between like a moocher and like a decent man. Right. You know what I mean? If it's a guy using your car, like, hey, I'm trying to get on my feet. Been going putting in these interviews. Uh, that's these different. Applications. Yeah. I'm trying to go to an interview. Cool. But the nigga just like, you know, let me use your car. I'm gonna go let's, to the homie's house. Let's add some context to that, okay? Because like. Every man is not always going to be on his feet. Sometimes he's going to have some problems, but a man with integrity that's down on his luck will still be a blessing to you. Meaning, if he is using your car, right, and let's say his car's beat up, he don't got enough money to fix it, he's using your car to go wherever. Every time you get that car back, it's fucking filled up with gas every time. Yeah. That's the type of shit that real men do. That yeah. even if they're if they're on a bad time, every time you get your car back, it's clean. Mm-hmm. Every time you get your car back, all the tires are aired up at level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fucking uh, the, the coolant's topped off. The washer fluid's 
topped off. Yeah. Everything's always done on it. A little air freshener in there. There's so. a little air freshener in there. You got a little yeah. black ice in there. Yeah. Like, you'll notice certain traits in men. Even men that are down on their luck, they still don't That's inconvenience That's like some simple stuff. Yeah. They yeah. still don't inconvenience you. But a loser, you're going to have french fries on the motherfucking ground. You're going to have your, 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 your gas going to get ran out. A loser will cheat on you. Will cheat on you and your... Riding around in your car. He will pick up women in your car. Yeah. And your car will be smelling like pussy and cigarettes. It'd be different hair follicles in there. A blonde chick, you know, a brunette, somebody with some colored hair. Yeah. Might leave a weave in there. A weave in there. Yeah, man. And, and hey, look here, man. You, you just got to be able to delineate between these behaviors and which ones are uh, takers or uh, yeah. uh, losers. Yeah. Some moochers. And moochers. Little, yeah. little mooch. Yeah, just to add some context, because sometimes... Ladies, sometimes there is a time where a dude is is really trying. And as men, we all go through a crossroads in our life where it's the prequel to us really taking off in life, regardless of what it is, whether we find before we get a decent job or before we whatever it is. And during that period, you know, it's not that we're asking something of you at that time. However, we're just not doing the greatest. Just yeah. try to be optimistic and look at it. If this guy's not inconveniencing you, give him a chance. Because you're gonna if you leave that dude, I guarantee you, if you leave that guy, you might even find a dude that makes more money and shit like that. But he probably is a piece of shit. Yeah, that dude. He gonna get his stuff together. He gonna find a little uh, office like the one we the one we stay in. Mm-hmm. He gonna pay like two hundred fifty dollars in rent. He gonna go to Planet Fitness, take a shower there, then he gonna figure his life out. <laughs> Ten years later, that nigga gonna be owning Planet Fitness. <laughs> it's crazy. There's yeah. all kind of stories like that, man. It's yeah. very humble beginnings, for sure. And a lot of times that you know that people use that type of stuff as motivation. So yeah, I think it's better a lot of times. Like you know, if you see somebody and they working towards something, mm-hmm. and they they seem to have their head on straight, and they they just not no couch potato. Yeah. Like it, it's best to just kind of thug it out with them. We'll try to encourage. What's them. crazy is is, is and I'll, I'll say this before we move on. There's going to be a situation where some, it might be some single women listening. There might be a situation where you meet a dude and he'll be like, you know what? You might be on a date and he, you may not know he's struggling really bad because he does a good job of presenting himself and stuff. But it'd be like, you know what? I'm be honest with you. I'm, in, I'm in living in my car right now. But, you know, I'm working on this. I do have a job. I'm just really down on my luck. But I am living in my car. Don't be scared of that guy. Don't, don't be scared of that guy. Pay attention to what he's doing. If he is down on his luck and you say, uh-uh, I can't deal with a grown man that's sleeping in his car, I'm not going to fault you for that. But I just want you to know that if you skip out on a dude like that, pay attention to how every other man treats you after that. For sure. Just pay attention to it. It's like it sucks, but there are just endless nuances that you have to catch when either with women or with men. Because the dude is in his car, he hates it, and he probably is really embarrassed that he had to tell you that. But yeah, yeah, that means that's. I mean, for a guy to humble himself enough to say like, "Yo, I'm living in my car," like that's that's the type of like integrity that you would probably want in a relationship. Yeah, you and know, what, that's a person that probably would wouldn't even think about cheating on you. You know what I mean? So. But but hold on, let's add context to it. A man that is down on his luck, but he has not asked you for shit. I'm talking about not no money, not no nothing, right? Mm-hmm. This guy has money all the time. You know, he takes care of himself. He's just bound on his luck. Mm-hmm. When a person's doing bad and they don't ask you for nothing, that speaks volumes of that person. Mm-hmm. 
they rather struggle or not ask you for anything. But it's some dudes that be out here trying to act like players, and they got they got the brand new charger, they got the three ninety two, and they're like, "Hey, girl, hey, just let me get like one fifty till like a couple days." Yeah, they the same ones asking women for money and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah it's important I, like you said the yeah. context is everything like if you're in a if you're in a space where like you said the dude needs your car to you know like to find a job or to get to work or something like that that's yeah. different but if a dude just needs your needs your car just to, to hang out and i know people pro- like that like, yeah that, that just doesn't know the problem with it though is is we'll get into this conversation a little later it's a social acceptance problem so a woman that's dealing with a guy she could be crazy over him he's a great guy or whatever like that. But the thing about it is, is she has to tell her friends, like, I met a guy, he's great, but he's living in his car. As soon as he tells her friends that, they're like, oh, fuck no. Stop talking to him. Leave him alone. Yeah. The same woman to tell you that ain't had no successful relationships. Yeah, they it's cut, very short-sighted. They cut niggas off left and right for nothing. Ooh, there's an ick. Right? I think that, that I think it, it takes like a, 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 we talk about like visionary all the time, right? Like, yeah. like I, for example, at my church, um, it used to be just a warehouse, like it, no air conditioning, no nothing. It was literally like, who knows what the business was before, but right, it was just right, a right. warehouse with some uh, with some um, swamp coolers mm-hmm. in the side. But now it's like a like a, a beautiful church, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, they like recently paid off the um, you know paid off the the loan for the church. And uh, I say that to say like it took a vision a visionary for the pastor to walk in there and be like, yo, I can see. A foyer right here. Mm-hmm. I can see the stage right here. I can see all this, but a lot of people don't have that in life, you know. So they see the guy in the car. They see the girl that um, maybe it could be a weight thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's working on herself, but they don't see they don't see like the finished product because right. nobody has the foresight or the vision to really see. It ain't through. just the foresight. It's that is there's a certain thing that men have that when they're when they're driven, regardless of how fucked up their situation is. The right woman can see it. Charlemagne talked about his wife, and he said that he's like, if you and your wife got divorced, would you think she's entitled to have? He's like, of course she is. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm even doing this job, I didn't have a car. My wife drove me to the radio station. Yeah, I didn't have a job. She paid every bill in the house when I lost my job at a radio station in Philadelphia. Yeah, so it's like it's just different type of women out there for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm yeah. not I'm not saying you should sacrifice. On every man, because there's some dudes is just bums. Yeah. But it's just certain dudes that got it. It was another one, uh, Conor McGregor talked about his girl, his wife, mm-hmm. about how she paid for everything. He was broke, but she believed in him as a fighter. Yeah. You know? And and then the conversation that some women have are, is counterproductive. They'll be like, I'm not building up no man. I'm not building. Then don't fucking get married then. But the thing about it is, like, if you have that mentality... You're going to miss out on Charlemagne the God. You're going to yeah. miss out on Conor McGregor. You're going to miss out on, you know, these guys that, you know, they just needed, they needed a little bit of time to figure their life out. I, I, think that, I think that sometimes women cannot, they're not able to delineate between what, what, like what we mean. Yeah. Like the average guy is not set up for you to do that. So I wouldn't say the average guy, you should be sacrificing anything. Yeah. You I'm saying that there's something. a certain, yeah. there's a certain value and quality that men that want to go somewhere that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you leave that dude, that would hurt his feelings. Right. However, you're going to lose out because you're going to watch that dude be successful. You're yeah. going to be on the sideline watching him grow and he's going to be out doing his thing. And there's been multiple cases of men that 
um, you know, had women that really helped him out a lot. Yeah. Or not even just helped him, like, was in a position where everything fell on them for a while. Mm-hmm. But it happens, man. Yeah, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. And I'm sure in those situations, if it was, I mean, it is reverse, excuse me, in those situations now, like Conor McGregor's wealthy and Charlemagne the God is, is wealthy too. So I'm sure they, they you know, their partners don't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. There's a Omari Hardwick had a story about his wife too. Mm-hmm. It was people like were saying like, ooh, he could do better than that. His wife is ugly. His wife is ugly. People shaming his wife. And he's really? like, I, never, I don't think I've ever You don't remember it. that? And he talked about this is the woman that took care of me, bro. Like y'all talking bad about my wife, but this is the woman that took care of me before yeah. I, you know? So that's the thing that's crazy, bro. Yeah. But oh, it shouldn't look bad. You were tripping. People were saying, but that's the problem with people, man. They pay attention to the wrong shit. Yeah. They're like, oh, he could do better than that. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean do better? She is a pasty white woman, though. I mean, it doesn't matter, though. Well, you got you to gotta understand something. If you were a girl that's a dime piece, right? Yeah. If you were a girl that's a dime piece, but she wasn't really treating you that good, and you know you guys had arguments all the time, and then you break up, and you're dealing with a girl that's like a BBW now. She probably a little bit overweight, yeah. but you love her. She treats you good. She's kind. Nigga, you upgraded. Yeah. You didn't downgrade, you upgraded. Because yeah. you left somebody that wasn't treating you right. But f- from a societal standard, a social standard, you left a dying piece for some fat girl. But the fat girl is treating me way better than you ever could, so I upgraded. But you so short-sighted and stupid, you can't see that. That just looked cool on Instagram. That's it. You look cool on Instagram, but your relationship is but, trash. Yeah, outside, I mean, in, real, in the real world where you're going to spend 100% of your time, like it doesn't don't mean nothing. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's crazy. And she be cooking. Big girls be cooking food. That'd be like they thirst trap. <laughs> like they'd be like, like, oh, just cooking a little meal tonight. And they post a picture of the food. You'd be like, oh, dang, dang. I ain't never got trapped by no food. <laughs> that's a trap, man. <laughs> Niggas nuts be empty and they stomach be full like a motherfucker. <laughs> you blow it back out. She cook you a meal. That's different. That's some grown woman stuff, though. You got to be like. Late thirties, early forties for that to for that type of stuff to happen. When you young and you just out here, it ain't it don't really go down like that. It all depends. You the right one get a hold of your ass, it'll be it. Ain't no twenty, twenty, early twenty, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. She ain't cooking you no meal after you smack her down. Oh, young lady, nah. They yeah. probably not they're not yeah. that domestic yet. <laughs> they ain't not that domestic <laughs> yet. She might warm you up some like some food, like a hot pocket or something, but she ain't like she ain't making you no food. It would be hilarious. I seen this meme that said, "Girl, it said uh, uh, girls will get you a, a hamburger and a pair of shoes and tell you, and then say they gave you the world." <laughs> that shit had me dying. <laughs> All right, That's let's real. switch gears, man. Let's switch gears. Switching gears. Burning Man, uh, seventy thousand at Burning Man Festival are isolated, still stuck as rain returns. And I'll read the first article here. All right, uh, one death was reported. But man, see, man, CEO said the situation was not as dire as it was being portrayed. I mean, somebody died, motherfucker. That's a big deal. Uh, even if yeah. it's seventy thousand people, that's a big deal. Bernie Man's estimated seventy thousand plus attendees were isolated. That's a lot of people at the venue known as Black Rock, uh, a city as rain returned Sunday and closed roads, muddy campgrounds, and one reported death darkened the day. But the CEO of Burning Man Project, Miriam Goodell. Told NBC News interview Sunday, there is no cause for panic. Of course, you're going to say that, motherfucker. 
Of course you're going to say that. You're not going to say, oh, God, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need to make money. Uh, we're very pleased and surprised that there has been such a fuss over us. Um, she said, organizers under the nonprofit project plan an orderly exit Monday, which is the last day of the event, and have so far turned down uh, help from the Vada National Guard. She said, we've made it really clear that we do not see this as an evacuation situation, Goodell said. The water is drying up. The crowd and the counterculture music and arts festival was first advised to shelter in place and conserve food and water on Friday, according to notices from organizers. All inbound and outbound traffic was halted and remained so Sunday. Uh, and the shelter in place recommendation was still in place in the afternoon. Roads were essentially impassable, organizers said. Saturday night, uh, the party had seen all but over, as organizers said, their main focus was getting people out. Most festival operations have been halted or significantly delayed. The Pershing County Sheriff's Office said in a statement. Um, what they also mentioned, dog, is the bathrooms are terrible right now because they don't have people to clean out the porta potty, so they're full of shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a problem. So there's going to be a lot of shit everywhere. Uh, that's not mentioned in here. Uh, <laughs> what's hilarious too is is Chris Rock was actually able to evacuate mm-hmm. him and fucking Diplo DJ Diplo they walked over six miles and then uh, a fan picked them up and they jumped in the back of the truck and there's a video with Chris Rock in the back like man I can't believe I'm in the back of the truck <laughs> I need a cold beer when I get out of here <laughs> so Chris Rock got the fuck out of there and let me read that article too uh Diplo and Chris Rock escaped Burning Man Festival after catching ride in a fan's pickup truck. Thousands of festival goers have been left stranded after a remote Nevada desert became encased in mud due to heavy rainfall. Diplo shared on social media he and Chris Rock made it out of Burning Man after heavy, heavy rainfall turned the festival into a muddy mess, leaving attendees unable to get in or out. In the video posted by DJ's Instagram, he can be seen riding in the back of a pickup truck with the comedian and others. A fan offered Chris Rock and I a ride out of Burning Man in the back of a pickup truck. He also wrote in the video after walking six miles through the mud. There was a couple celebrities that were walking through the mud also that Mm -hmm. um, that said, hey, we got to get out of here. I think here's the thing that people don't understand about Burning Man. I've never been there. But these are people who are going to this festival to escape the social norms. They dress up in wild clothes. They get high as fuck. They take all kind of mushrooms and shit like that. And it's just like a really peaceful event. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they did a lot of footage within in there. And they said, hey, man. Nobody here is overreacting. You know, this is a terrible situation, but we're like kumbaya over here, man. We're, you know, we're eating noodles and, you know, drinking water and just, you know, enjoying the festivities. It was still people out there high in a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Some dude had a hammer and he was like hitting a, a bicycle and he was like, uh, 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 he was all in the mud. So I'm he's pretty sure he was having a great time. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think the people that attend this Burning Man thing is just it's just a chance for them to escape the social norms and all the other stuff. And I think it says a lot about an event when someone like Chris Rock can walk around and like say hi to people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not being he's not being, you know, just freaking bombarded by people like that. There's a lot of celebrities that go to this shit yeah. and they just walk around and meet people. Yeah. Which is wild. I would say, though, that it's it's. Only certain people could do that, like mm. no matter the setting, right? Mm. Like Chris Rock is a comedian. Um, he's not at the peak of his his fame, mm. and um, 
you know, he's a comedian and an actor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we talked about earlier, like a, a Beyonce, a Taylor Swift. It don't matter where. It don't matter the crowd. It don't matter the type of people. They can't walk around nowhere like that. But they have. There have been situations where they were at like uh, Coachella, like her, her and Jay Z, like mm-hmm. just in the crowd. Who was Beyonce? But they had like security around. Oh, okay. So I think the the setting does mean something. Um, and then the person also. This like nigga a, Kendrick be moving around L.A. by himself. That nigga, I think Kendrick live in like New York now. Really? When he was doing those burpees and stuff, I think he was in New York. Really? I think but, so. That's but he was talking about like he just be moving around. Yeah. But you, th- you'd be surprised. Like um, like I was saying, like I was telling you a while back when I went to the, uh, I went to the Lakers and the Warriors game, the playoff game last year. Um, it's L.A. It's, you know, the crypto.com arena, you know, so it's it's celebrities walking through like former athletes. You got guys like Reggie Bush and stuff like they're just walking through. We all have to sit down, you know what I mean? So they just walking through their spaces. They may have suites or whatever. So, you know, everybody's kind of in there. But What's annoying, though, is I was watching a Dodger game, and it was a game where Kendrick Lamar went into the stands, and he mm-hmm. kind of made it without people really making a big fuss. Tough and then the announcer, announcer was like, whoa, we got Kendrick Lamar, and the, fan, and the fans are going wild. It's like, nigga, he was minding his business. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God, Kendrick. Everybody trying to take pictures with him, but it was right before his album dropped. So I, he was just like, fuck it. I'll just, you know, take pictures of people. But it's yeah. got to be socially draining it every fucking time you go out the house. Everybody's doing it. And you understand why it's happening, right? Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, God damn, I just want to watch the Dodgers. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Why are we talking about the Dodgers right now? How the fuck did the Dodgers lose like that on Kobe night to the Braves, man? Oh, God damn. Good for them. I know Kobe was shaking his head like these niggas got from heaven, huh? Man, it's, mm-hmm. I just imagine that meme from Kobe where he's just standing there with his arms crossed, just watching this fucking mm-hmm. chaos. <laughs> you didn't do Kobe night over, man. Yeah, did one more get additional? You did, you did Kobe night. Let's make it Kobe eight night. You know when he was you number pick eight, a different number. Huh? Yeah, put another, put a different number there. Yeah, you, you got to get some redemptions, Dodgers. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Lose on Kobe night in front of his wife and kids. Oh, the kids was there. Yeah, everybody was there. Fuck, that's crazy. God, lead the goddamn Dodgers, man. <laughs> yeah, the Braves kind of own, kind of own us. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Where was I at before the Dodgers fucking distracted me? Uh, we're talking about Burning Man, celebrities, and Kendrick oh, yeah. Lamar walking around. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, with Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick said he was just like you know he'd be moving around, or somebody somebody else said it. Yeah, he'd just be moving around like doing yeah. his thing. But, I think I think I think if celebrities don't make it weird, it's kind of okay. If that makes well, sense. Well, no, I think I think what saved a lot of celebrities is the mask. Ever since the pandemic, a lot of celebrities are, have found normalcy in wearing a mask, going out in public, and going to places now. Mm-hmm. So you could be eating, drinking coffee, and you know, and, and you know, and Michael B. Jordan is sitting right next to you, and you just you don't. You don't rationalize it because to some guy in a mask, and you probably don't believe it would be Michael B. Jordan. Nah, that ain't nah. That don't it don't work like that. Cause you could when you when you when you've seen every artist yeah. like whatever the whole catalog, every movie or whatever. This is too much. You could you could recognize them from, from the top. Yeah, up. You could recognize them from that. Just by the way, because I've been in situations where, like. I may be in a basketball arena, and I'm way up in the nosebleeds, and I see the person on the floor. I'm like, damn, that look like Lil Wayne, mm. or that look like whomever. That look like Michael Lil B. Wayne Jordan. gives himself away though. 
Yeah, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, I just seeing the silhouette of a person, just seeing the way, like, you don't need to see, like, this is not enough to protect them from, you know, recognizing who that who they are. A hat don't help them either. Nah, you just know. You just I, know. I don't. It's hard to explain. Like, you just you could just see somebody from a distance and be like, they're not such and such. Lil Wayne would give himself away. You'd be like, is that Lil Wayne? I eat that pussy like it. <laughs> <laughs> wake up in the wake up in the early in the morning, eat that pussy like a whole pizza. <laughs> I, I, eat that eat that pussy omelet for breakfast. <laughs> 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 yeah. That dude has the most pussy eating references I've ever heard yeah, out of he any rapper. Of, he eat a lot of vagina. And, and you know, Lil Wayne is the best rapper ever to never talk about shit. I think that's probably this his position. What is so, that's so crazy? Yeah, you don't be talking about nothing. People be having like, you know, everybody has that message song. Lil Wayne even has one, yeah. but for the most part, it's like ninety percent nothing. Yeah, he just be like he throw like really good lines together. Yeah, mm-hmm. eat that pussy till she cry. Call that wine and dine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you said on that one? Wake up early in the morning. Eat that pussy like cold pizza. Yeah, yeah, that nigga Lil Wayne. Man. And he put the auto tune behind it. Yeah, moonlight, baby. <laughs> He got a whole bunch of videos of him at concerts, uh, not playing the guitar, like he be he playing, like acting like hey, he like acting like he playing. The music still going. You can hear the guitar in the background. He handing it off to somebody. Yeah, I eat that pussy like a rock star. He's got the worst dreadlocks I've ever fucking seen, man. His hair's falling out, man. It looks bad, man. Yeah, that it's thinning up there, crazy. He looks like a fully grown scarecrow with that shit on his. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah, the dress is not they're not kind to people. That hair's falling out. Yeah, it looks bad, man. He like he got in a couple bar fights with that shit. You can get away with like uh like um if your stuff is being pushed back, like you can kind of like finagle it for some years, but when it's just thinning up here, it's over. Yeah. yeah, that's it, it. Looks I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. L- l- you know when they talk about black don't crack, Lil Wayne is is a very uh, good example of it cracking. <laughs> that guy's only like a couple years older than me. I think he's only forty one mm-hmm. or forty. One of them. Yeah, yeah. He's four, three, three, three years older than me. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! Is he only two years? I think he's only forty. Because mm-hmm. I'm 38. Yeah, I think he's only, I think he's 40. I think he's just 40, which is not good. Yeah. Because Nicki Minaj looks good. She's th- she's 40. Yeah, she looks good for her age. Yeah. Nicki mm-hmm. and other people. Bro, they they uh, they uh brought back, they said, lines and rap songs that was just out of bounds. And I think it was Mac Main that says, in a couple years, holler at me, Miley Cyrus. Nicki, that was wild. <laughs> she was 17 when he said that. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, you can't say that. You, bro, that shit, he would get canceled for that now. <laughs> and then we, when people was really like reciting that lyric, they was like, in a couple of years, holla at me, Molly <laughs> And as soon as he turned 18, it was like, man, I want to fuck Molly Cyrus now. <laughs> like, God, this is weird, man. <laughs> yeah, you this can't is, say that. This is pedophilia adjacent. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> That's Can you wild. imagine like when Zendaya was like 16 and it was like, in a couple of years, holla at me, Zendaya. Like, <laughs> that was a... Uh, weird. That was a... um, It was like DeAnthony Thomas, I think. 
or yeah, I think it was DeAnthony Thomas, somebody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember like like somebody I screenshotted a conversation, and then he he was like he might he might have been like a rookie or something. I don't even know if it's him. I'm mm-hmm. not even gonna say a name. But basically, there was an NFL player, and um, they was uh they put the screenshot up of the conversation, and then they was just chopping it up back and forth. And it's social. I think it was on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh. I don't think he knew how old the girl was or he might have known how old she was and he knew that she wasn't of age. But one of the things he said in there was like, yo, when you make 18, that was like him kind of like asking her, oh like, my God. You know, when do you turn to 18? That's, oh my God. So, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people just getting exposed. There's some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, was, that line was out of bounds, man. Mm-hmm. In a couple of years, I love you, Miley Cyrus. And he did it over auto tune to make it worse. Yeah. So it was like it was distorted, but it yeah. was still terrible. <laughs> That's mm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of. I, I was talking to uh, one of my one of my friends, and he was telling me that, um, in the in the uh, the Michael Jackson song, they don't really care about us. Mm-hmm. Like skinhead, red dead, everybody gone mad, situation, allegation. And I, I think it's a part in there where it says like Jew me, screw me, no 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 do me. But he says that they they're like now they're blurting out blurting out the or what do you call it? bleeping out the the words. What did he say? He said Jew me. Yeah, like using Jew as a verb. Like mm. they're they're bleeping out the words now. And uh, I was like that kind of annoyed me a little bit because it's it's different if it's 2023 and it's, Michael Jackson just art. wrote that song. Yeah, but. If you are retroactively like correcting like all of the, you know, when people are using the R word or mm-hmm. people are saying like using Jewish people as verbs and, you know, disparaging ways or whatever, like it just, like you said, it, it kind of like, it kind of just ruins things. Yeah, you're diluting art at that yeah. point. Yeah. Like there's, I, there's, there's certain movies and stuff where they say nigger and I'm like, I don't even flinch or get mad because I'm yeah. like, that was socially acceptable during that time. Exactly. So yeah. we've, we've made it to a it's time. It's a lot of movies, like The Godfather, a yeah. bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. All the movies say nigger in it. And I think if they try to like take it out, that would be stupid. It just, dial- it just softens the movie yeah. up too much. Even that, um, what is it? It's a movie, uh, um, uh, it came it came it re-released on HBO Max or something like that and they had to put like a disclaimer in front of the uh, um, you know what I'm talking about I don't know what they released but it's kind of whack Yeah I forget I forget the name it's like um I'll have to find it but yeah the basically they put a disclaimer in front of it and basically let people know that you know this was a movie that was released in the 70s and you know, this is, you know, it's just co- political some, correctness. People yeah. don't want to be held accountable or look mm-hmm. like they're endorsing something like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be wild if Lil Wayne was like, in a couple of years, holla at me, Mario Cyrus, eat that pussy on that bag. That pussy ain't old enough right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> Freaking Lil Wayne. That's funny. All right, where are we at? Let's go ahead and move on. Switching gears. Gone with the wind. Gone with oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one I was They saying. they redid it. They made it, they changed the color and everything too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. <clears throat> uh, 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 uh. Oh man, I missed it. Hold on. We can't move on because I missed some important shit in that last conversation. We just went on a fucking tangent. I'll say okay. this. There were protesters prior 
to the the fire. I mean, not the fire festival. Prior to Burning Man, right? And the protesters wanted to stop them from having Burning Man because uh, the weekend long festival in Black Rock Desert produces over a hundred thousand tons of carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. So they were climate, con- uh, uh, what do you call it? Climate, um, what do you call it? Not climate control. What the fuck do you call it? Climate uh, change protesters. Mm-hmm. They're climate change protesters that didn't want this, but they eventually got overturned. The police ran over the little barricade um, and they um, they had to unblock the road. Um, and then after they did that, then this happened. So I just wanted to put that in there also. Yeah. Uh, that the protesters had got over overran by the police and all the other um, Burning Man ongoers um, because they they created a hostile environment where there was thousands of people stuck on a rope because of their little protests. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyways, we can move on now. I just wanted to add that in there. All right. All right. Switching gears. High school football coach arrested, charged with battery after hitting a player on a sideline. All right, and this is an absolutely fucked up story. All the youth football coach, high school football coaches, college, whatever, don't ever put your fucking hands on a kid, you dumbass. Just because your life sucks doesn't mean you hit kids. That ain't right. Yeah. That ain't right. You look, Like, some of these coaches, they do this, they have to know that that young man does not have representation at home. Because if I had a son and you hit my son, I don't give a fuck if we're in the middle of the game. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Don't put your, don't put, and and I was was telling you earlier, even if it wasn't my kid and it was like my son's kid, I mean, my my son's friend and his mom or dad wasn't at the game, I'm going to fuck you up too. Yeah. Because you're hitting a kid because you don't think he has somebody that cares about him. Yeah. And that ain't right, man. I love football. I love football, but it's a game at the end of the day. It is a game. These kids matter more than that fucking game. All right, high school football coach arrested, charged with battery after hitting player on the sideline. An Atlanta uh, high school coach has been arrested after physically assaulting a player. The incident happened during Saturday's football game between Benjamin E. Mays High and Douglas High School in Atlanta, uh, which was live streamed over the weekend by local by a local station. Mm-hmm. Um, Peachtree TV, the broadcast showed a Benjamin E. Mays assistant coach strike a player in the stomach on the sidelines which resulted in the player doubling over in pain. Yeah, the young man was like leaning over like, oh man, like you really hit me, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that was the first time he did it, right? And then um, on Tuesday, Atlanta Public Schools confirmed to USA Today Sports that Sledge was arrested on simple battery charges following the incident. The school district added that Sledge was a lay, was a lay coach described uh, by the Georgia High School Association as a community coach. That doesn't work at the school or any professional certifications uh, a lay coach for Mays high who was not a classroom instructor was taken into police custody after an incident that occurred on the sideline blah 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 it was all just a quotation it's disgusting though this is disgusting and I think and I've seen some comments from some from, from some men now in the comments that said man these young men are soft now they soft and I'm like how is a young man soft from getting hit by a grown fucking man on the sideline yeah, that's a young kid. That's a kid getting hit by a fucking grown man. Does your life suck that bad? What's what's going on at home? Mm-hmm. Your wife stops sucking your dick. You bust your wife cheating on you. What happened? Doesn't matter. You don't take that shit out on fucking kids, man. That makes me so mad because there is a fucking pandemic of coaches that care more about winning than the fucking players too. I hate that shit. Yeah. I hate it. You care more about winning a football game than the kids. 
The reason why, if you're going to become a head coach, you have to care about the kids because you're not just a coach. You are an adult figure that they will remember for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. right? You, you're you're going to be a person that either um, took their talents to the next level and, and helped craft uh, a vision in a young man that's going to make him a better person, overall person, and a football player. And I think that that, that holds like precedent over everything. So don't, don't be the guy that you're just angry and mad that you want to win by any means necessary and you want to hit him. I feel like the best way to win as a coach is to actually give a fuck about the person underneath the pads and underneath yeah. the helmet. Yeah. You know, because if you know I care about you and I'm trying to bring the best out of you, when I do raise my voice or get mad, it's because I want better for you. You know what I mean? And I want you to understand that you're better than how you're playing. Yeah. But I'll never put my hands on a young man. I'll never fucking do that. Yeah, that's just out of pocket, dude. I think that it's, and it was like a little bit of a sucker punch. Like the kid is just a little listening. bit my ass. It was he was trying to hide it. Yeah, I get that. I'm just talking, but yeah. it's like it's it's um, it was a it's a situation where you know the kid is just listening to him, and he's probably like you know how it is. Like mm-hmm. coach is always saying like don't talk back and all these other things. So he's just mm-hmm. listening to him, giving getting the instructions, and who knows what happened on the previous play. But he just get punched in the stomach. He like he probably just thinking like, nigga, what? Like I'm just I'm playing football. Mm. You know what I mean? And like you said, this is this is a game. At the end of the day, this it's not like, especially in high school. There's there's not really any stakes. Like it, you know, you do have like playoff positions and people trying to get scholarships and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, high school is the last the last moment before it turns into a business. So it's just like you said, it's just no room for this. And I think that. Um, I've even seen situations where uh, coach, this is in college though, like at the community college, but um, there was a situation where um, a player um, on our team, I think he missed a tackle or something like that. So at halftime, um, we walk into our, our locker room and the defensive coordinator comes down, the defensive coordinator is up in the box. So he comes down and he's like, he asked the player, like, yo, what happened over there? And then the player kind of, like, brushed him off, and he just kind of walked off. And then he was like, yo, don't turn your back on me. And I think he, like, goes up to grab him. The thing about college, which is different than, you know, these high school kids, is it's different in college. It's like it's mano y mano, and we all grown men here. It ain't like, you know, 15-, 16-year-old kid that, you know, is just kind of really finding himself. There's grown men here that have been in fights and been mm-hmm. in, you know, real life situations, been shot at and all kind of other stuff. Yeah. So um, that that coach was probably about to get rolled up, <laughs> like, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Or they was going to fight. I don't know who was going to win, but it was going to be a it was going to be a tussle. And yeah. um, that's that's but that's the difference between, you know, these high school situations. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this, too, because people might think I'm wrong for saying this. Like, it's not all the coaches fault. It was only one guy that did it. Shame on every fucking coach there that is aware of this man hitting fucking teenagers. And I'm going to tell you why. If I was on a coaching staff, right, and the coaching staff was great. Say it was great. You know, they did a good job, but they had one coach that they allowed to be a fucking tyrant. Mm. 
Yeah. They allowed him to hit players. They allowed him to cuss people out and fucking tell them they were pussies and you ain't shit. Fuck you and all that. Yeah. If they allow that, I'm quitting that job as a coach. I do not want to be a part of a culture that that demeans and belittles and physically assaults fucking teenagers. That is not how you put confidence into a young man. Yeah. yeah that is not how you fucking do it. If 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 I'm have if I'm having a conversation or I'm talking to one of my players and I know he's a good player and he's just playing bad. I'm like, hey, man, you're better than that. You're playing like shit right now. But I know you're better. I've seen you in practice. I've seen you dominate every day. Just be who you're supposed to be. Yeah. That, I mean, it's very common sense. You don't have to fucking rip into him and say, you fucking suck, dick. You fucking do terrible. You suck. Get it together. It's like, dude, you don't yeah. have to belittle somebody. I've seen some wife. <laughs> I played football so long. I've seen some wild stuff. I've, I've definitely seen like coaches, not like that. I ain't never seen no coach like punch somebody, but I've seen a coach like definitely walk up on somebody like if they wanted to like do some damage to them. You better be like, grabbing jerseys and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it, you just they. I think they know who they can do that to though. It's probably some because that's in Atlanta. And them niggas is crazy out there. So I know it's a couple of them dudes like he it couldn't have been me. Yeah, that nigga punched me I, in my stomach. It's basic. It's basic. Like I guess basic grabbing or touching that's acceptable. Like if you grab a player, you know, by the shoulder pads, or they, or your coach kind of like pulls you to him. I've had a coach grab you by my face, bass, but not hard. And mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, get your head in the game. What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Right? And he let me go. I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah. But if a coach grab your face mask and he pulling you like, what are you doing? I seen Trent Dilfer going off on one of his players. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah, Trent Dilfer grabbed Trent Dilfer physically assaulted and grabbed him so bad that one of his staff and another player on the team had to grab him, and then he pushed another player. I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. What's I don't care what's going on. I'm going on the field and I'm whooping your ass. They going, <laughs> that nigga adding on you fighting Trent Dilfer, bro. I swear <laughs> to God, you will never put your hands on my kid yeah. ever. Yeah. Fuck you. I will walk right by the police and I'll be like, he assaulted my son. I assault him right on the fucking 50 yard line. Yeah. And before the police, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, hello, staff and police. When you see something like this, you need to arrest a coach right on the fucking field. Do not allow a coach to assault a kid and you're like, well, that's just hard nosed football. Just let him just let him discipline. Fuck that. I feel like your coach shouldn't really now that this is becoming more prevalent, especially we've seen it with the little kids. Yeah, the like little the, kids. The, uh, oh, it made me so mad. Coach was like beating up on a little kid. Yeah, little like, peewee league, man. Unless it's unless it's uh, encouragement or something like that, I don't think you should put your hands on no kid. Not not, at not all. even like grabbing a fit. Like you know, you said I don't even think that that's okay technically, but because of the situation and the climate we in where they taking it too far, they punching kids, like, I don't even think that's okay. Like, no. Don't grab, don't grab no kid jersey or nothing like that. But if you, like, want to, you know, if you want to encourage them or, like, you know, give them a little shoulder bump if they make a tackle or something like that, cool. But if it's in, in any sort of way, like a negative experience or a negative emotion attached to it, just keep your hands off. You can Man. talk to a, pl- a player all you want to. But What I love is when Justin Hunter... Um, or Travis Hunter, excuse me. Travis Hunter got an interception yesterday, and then Dion got in his face, and he's like, "You him? I told you, I told you, you him? I told you!" Like he was yeah. yelling at him, but it was encouragement. Yeah, I feel like you get further by encouraging somebody. Like, let's say for example, I got a DB out there, he's getting beat, he's getting discouraged. I'll be like, "I know you're a great player. Just get it together." 
And as soon as he makes a play, I'm going to get in his face. I'll be like, I told you. It, yeah, I think a lot of coaches, just me as a lot of times you by yourself, if yeah. that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you obviously on a team, but it's like your role as a player is like it's just you. Mm-hmm. So if you getting beat terribly, a lot of times you're not going to get the encouragement that you probably wish you you had. That's the fucking problem. Yeah, though. especially like I, 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 it's happened to me sometimes. I remember one time I was getting beat so bad, I just started crying. Like I was, and this was like in junior, I was like in eighth grade. It was a dude named uh, Matt Sumlin. He was kicking my ass. Oh, tall Matt, light-skinned Matt. That's yeah. uh, my dad's friend's son. Yeah, he was he was like he wasn't like like really good good, um, but he was just fat. He was a little bit faster than me, and mm-hmm. I, I was just getting abused. And they just and it was and it when you you know you on the island by yourself, yeah. And they just throwing the ball to him every play, and you getting touchdown scored on you. I just felt like he didn't cry during the game though. It was, it was yeah, it was during the game. Like wow. so like not. So this how you gonna, how play, how you gonna play coverage with tears in your eyes, man? This is how it played out. <laughs> I'm getting I got beat like two or three times. And then, you know, they throwing long passes. It's every time they knew, like, you know, there was like one on one, he's a little bit faster than me, so they just throwing the ball up. So what happens is they ended up taking me, they ended up replacing me, which was like fine, because I was like, now I'm getting abused out here anyways. Um, but they took me out, and then I think what happened is like Somebody ended up catching like an interception and then I just got a crackback block. And it was just kind of like all the emotions just came out of me like, you know, oh, like I laid the dude out and it kind of felt good. And it was just like, dang, dang, I'm getting abused out here. But I finally got a good hit. Everybody cheering for me. And it was just like it was a very emotional moment. But yeah. I say that to say, like in that moment, some coaches would have been chewing me out yeah. like, yo, but that that didn't happen. And I have been in situations where I'm in high school. And like I'm not, I haven't gave up no touchdown. I gave up like one catch for five yards, whatever. And I go in at halftime, and the coach is like, "Fingers, you're getting abused out there." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I just walk. You know, you can't really say nothing to the coach. You just kind of. I don't know what he in. was looking at. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. His I did get I got beat on a double move, but they didn't catch the ball. But um, basically, it's like. You know, it's it's two ways you can have that conversation. You can say like, "Hey, like what where, you were saying." Where did like, he tell you? Did he tell you on the walk into the there? Or what did he? Tell yeah, you? we were walking in at, at halftime to the. That's a bad room. time to tell a player. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's what I was saying. I was like, you can say like, like your coach was like, "Hey, get your head in the game. You better than this." Or you can say like, "Hey, you getting your ass kicked out there." That's yeah. just how coaches. So I, I just think that I think there's a a better way to communicate a lot of times. Like, and I was telling you earlier, like watching um, that show Hard Knocks with Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been around the league for a long time. So he knows what like a winning culture is and he knows how to communicate. And even if you watch Hard Knocks, it's it's really like a well-documented series. And one of the things that um, it kind of, and it also gives you an insight on what Aaron Rodgers, how his mind works. Mm -hmm. So, Early in the, um, it's only like four episodes, but in one of the episodes, they're having a preseason game and he got the headset on. And, uh, you know, all the coaches are, all the offensive coaches and stuff are talking or whatever. And um, they're like, man, this, oh, this guy blew another block or this guy did this or this guy did that. Or it's even like a positive play. Somebody might have broke like 20 yards. I'm like, oh, this dude on a cutback, he didn't really pick up that, he didn't fill that gap, whatever the case may be, right? 
Aaron Rodgers like, yo, it's only preseason. We got to learn to be a little bit more positive. We're, we're going to change. He talking to the coaches, Mike. Yeah. He's like, yo, we got to change the culture around here like, and talk more positively. Yeah. So he talking to the coaches like that. And then fast forward, um, there's an episode where um, it has like a viral clip, but mm-hmm. he's uh, a lot of the play, the receivers, tight ends, they're running the wrong routes. You know, it's supposed to be a 10-yard cut, but they running like – maybe eight or you know seven eight yards and they're, mm-hmm. they're running the wrong the routes wrong or they're forgetting the route they just out there running anything and after so many plays in a row like that he finally flipped out like man these niggas is not he didn't say niggas but yeah these players not running the right routes they they doing this coach was going like he talking to offensive coordinator he don't even know the the uh the routes he out there playing and stuff like that and he finally flipped out but i say that to me that's cool like if you if you mess up multiple times and it's like more of a mental error than a physical error, then like I feel like you know you can kind of have that that energy towards the conversation. Yeah, but he, he chose positive reinforcement first, mm-hmm. you know, and until it ran its course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can say this: there's a certain culture that's created on these teams. I was on one of the best driller football teams in in the history of that school. We went 13-0. We won a Valley Championship in 2001. And I remember the way Coach Hartnett led that team, um, to me, was he was a great leader of men. I, probably the best leader of men, actually the best leader of men I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And he drove a very hard bargain. Um, and he was a very serious, disciplinarian-type guy. You just did not fuck with Coach Hartnett. You just didn't. Um, even before the season started, man, like before the season started, it was like some he just used to run us and just hammer us until people would quit. Yeah, that's how it like, be. <laughs> like be it sh- it'd be some schools and it's changed now because, yeah. um, you know, it's just a lot of transfers. It's a lot of like uh, uh, you don't have to sit out anymore if you transfer schools. It's mm-hmm. It's kids that live way over here that's going to to liberty or centennial or whatever um but um we would like for the like from y'all era all the way up until like when i probably graduated it was pretty small teams it was dude because you don't make it through the summer like you know some of the other schools like you could you know you're gonna have your summer programs and stuff like that but not to say their practices are easy but it wasn't as intense to where it made people quit, you know, because it's, it's some people that had to just hang out and be cool. Like I'm on the football team and I get to travel. I get to have a little morning meals and a little Friday, you know, the Friday mm-hmm. night, whatever. Uh, but when you when you at BHS, it's like you got history there. So you you, yeah. you run a stadiums for for everybody from 1910. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> every hey, team. But that team was special, man. But mm-hmm. I just remember. The prior to my, my the season, my junior year, or yeah, prior to the season starting, we had um, there was a drill that we had. I'm gonna leave this uh, this uh, teammate nameless, but he's one year older than me, and it was a drill. Uh, Coach Hen had us running, where you had to be in a plank position, right? Almost like a a, a push up. I think we were in a, no, we were in a plank position. We were in a plank position. We had to hold it, and whoever fell down. The other your teammate had to run for you, mm-hmm. so we holding the plank. We both holding it, holding, 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 like holding. A plank like this, yeah, okay. with our feet stretched straight out. He's mm-hmm. like, "Don't cave." So we had to we had to be flat backed mm-hmm. with core engaged, right? 
So my teammate falls. So I got to run a 100-yard sprint up and back. Then I get back down and plank again. Motherfucker falls again. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this guy started, right? <laughs> this motherfucker started in front of me doing this shit. He falls again. I run again. I go back and play. He falls again. I run again. And at this time, I'm looking at Coach Hen, and he's, he's fucking pissed, right? <laughs> so the next time I do it, he falls again. He's like, God damn it. You fucking run now. Go over there and run. Yeah. And he made him run. I don't like that drill. What? <laughs> do, you, do you remember like the sound of your pads when you used to run? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a specific what? sound, especially like in the game. You don't really hear it, but at practice, when you run in like hundred yard sprints, you can hear like they're just the. Well, see, but you gotta understand, this is in two thousand one, so the 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 pad technology is way louder. Different. Yeah, yeah I, nigga, I had back then in two thousand one. I'm sure I had pads from ninety three, cause we talking about. Yes, yeah, is BHS. Yes, yeah, BHS, bro. Yeah, they, we was reusing stuff. that equipment like a motherfucker. Yeah. Helmets, everything. Yeah, I yeah. So I'm already knowing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, my especially ju- being a junior, you coming in there, oh, they yeah. probably gonna they gonna first they gonna give the seniors the numbers and the, the mm-hmm. pads and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and then you gonna walk yourself in there and you gonna be like, this is the one out, you know? Yeah, I had an OG big helmet, Joe. man. Yeah, I, big I, had a, gonna give you I had a helmet. I had the OG full, uh, fullback helmet, mm-hmm. but it had that fucking U that U or that that middle. What do you call it? The bull. The, yeah. The uh, uh, the fucking bull ring in the middle. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. I had the OG. Mm-hmm. That OG helmet, where you know, and then back then they had inside the helmet, you know, they had the little air pods that they had to air it up. Yeah, was, yeah they yeah. put the little thing in the top. Yeah. Boy, let me tell you something. Those helmets was trash. You didn't like it? Fuck no, them helmets was trash. All them helmets that we had back then was trash. Mm-hmm. That's probably why. And then back then, the the whole concussion thing, mm-hmm. wasn't nobody worried about it. They called concussion stingers back then. <laughs> you got a stinger, kid. Get back in there. Yeah. And it's like, man, nigga, my brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to be playing football now. What's my going brain on? brain ricocheting off my freaking skull. Bro, shout out to uh, Greg Green. I'm sure he probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but we had a, a left tackle. Greg Green, he's my age. Mm-hmm. Greg, every play that dude led with his forehead, dude. He used to block like that. Mm-hmm. So... I remember during the middle of the season, he started getting his head taped up. God damn. He was getting, he, I swear to God, he was literally getting his fucking head taped during the middle of the season. Cause, he that. Because he wasn't real big, but he could block. But it's almost like he would hit people with the crown of his helmet. Mm-hmm. And they never called him for it. Yeah. But now that he would have had so many fucking penalties for that shit. Uh, yeah, it's a different era now. Yeah, man. That was... Mm-hmm. It just it brings me back. I got way off track though with this goddamn football story. But mm-hmm. when, whenever we were failing or we were fucking up on defense, whatever it was, Coach Hartnett had this little room on the side when you go into the locker room, and it was it's it's like a small slot on the side, and he would call us in there, and it would be just the defense, outside linebackers, defensive. It was D line, outside linebackers only. Mm-hmm. I think the DBs went with somewhere else, mm-hmm. but. Um, he would chew us out in a way that was effective. It wasn't like demeaning, but it was like, you know, you need to get your mind right. And the bass in this guy's voice, everybody was locked in. You could hear a fucking mouse. Mm -hmm. Like nobody tried to goof off. Nobody was laughing, nothing. And it was, yeah. I'd be wondering, like, uh, I've been in this, I'll relate it, I'll tie it all together. Like, um, I've seen, like, 
basketball players, like college um, professional basketball players overseas and like NBA and stuff like that. Like I've seen them work out. Right. And they'll be doing like a just a simple drill where it's like a crossover and a pull up jump shot. Mm -hmm. And then um, what's happened is say they miss like two or three in a row. Like, they'll get mad, and they'll kick the ball, and it bounce all over the gym and stuff like that. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, come on. And um, that so you see that from the kind of the older guys. And then all of a sudden, you start to see, like, a high school kid do the same thing. Like he'll miss two or three in a row, and he'll kick mm-hmm. the ball all across the gym. And I'm like, you don't really feel – that's not an original thought or idea. that You're just like kind of mimicking – what this professional basketball player is doing. Mm. Like you think that that's like the normal behavior. If you miss two, three jump shots in a row, you get mad and kick the ball. So I say that to say like how much of like that coaching, that, uh, what do you call that? That uh, mimicking. Yeah. That, that kind of vibe of a, of a football coach, the yelling and all that stuff. Makes how it much worse. How much of that is like, original how much of that is just like playing into like the idea yeah. of what the coach is supposed to it's do. almost like the pastor at church mm-hmm. like in the lord said ah, it, like how why do you need to talk like that mm-hmm. like how many times have you seen this song and dance that you've you've incorporated in, into your life and you don't you don't really talk like that but that's how you think you should talk, so you do it. It's like it's, it's yeah. the same as the radio guy. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan was talking about it. Like the radio guy is like, hey, seventy four four five KFM, it's or like, like the YouTube voice. Hey guys, what's I'm, up, guys? What's up, guys? It's like you don't have to do that. Yeah, do you know that? Yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, what I'll say is, I'll say this too before we move on, because I, I I could talk to him blue in the face. That 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 team was. Still to this day, has to be the most special thing that I've ever been a part of in my life. It mm-hmm. had to have been that undefeated Valley Championship team. Just the culture of that. That I understand what a winning culture is because of that experience. But for sure. But to make a long story short, especially when you're um, when you're not when you're not a senior and you're not starting on that team, mm-hmm. if you fuck up in the game, you think like, oh man, I, like fuck. But in your mind, you don't. You're a teenager too. You don't think coach is gonna catch it, dude. They catch everything. Yeah. On Monday, we was watching game film. Monday was always where we went over the film. We did chalk talk and we watched the, all the, the game film. And on goal line, I fucked up. I hit the wrong gap. Touchdown came right where I was supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Right, and he was like, "Right here, where you going?" He's talking to everybody else. What are you doing here? You're supposed to pinch. He's just going back and back and forth. And I and he keeps rewinding it, and I keep saying where well, I fucked up, and he just keep going back and forth, back and forth. But he hasn't addressed me yet. He's like, "McGee, what are you doing right here? <laughs> what are you doing right here?" And I'm, I mean, I'm fucking 16, so I'm just yeah, like. Yeah, the film, they say the eye in the sky don't lie. <laughs> and the play went right where I was supposed to go. Motherfucking yeah. scored. I was like, God That happened damn. to me on kickoff when I was at BC. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, and you, you think you get it. We won the game, so we yeah. played like Mount Sac, and Mount Sac was stacked. They had yeah. like. They had like Joe Montana's son as the quarterback and all this other stuff, like yeah. a couple D1 guys on their team. And uh, it was on a kickoff. And uh, I was that we had this thing where like we crossed the like the two players on the end they cross like that uh-huh. and then I'm supposed to contain 
uh-huh. um, and I didn't contain. And then the 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 returner like bounced it, bounced it outside, and he ran all the way down the field. Oh, and then like fuck. Mercy ended up tackling him or something like that. Oh, no. And I, you know, you know how it is when you mess up. That it's implanted in your head all like from Saturday night up until <laughs> the we watched this. Yeah, we watched the film. It's we watched the film time. on Sunday actually. Oh wow, Sunday. Yeah, we'll we'll watch it the next. Uh, do we watch it the next day? Because we have, like, a shakeout. We'll do, like, a workout. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll play Saturday, and then um, I think Sunday we work out, and I think we have Monday off, mm-hmm. and then we come back Tuesday for practice. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I remember watching it and just being like, oh, man, I know I know what was coming. And it's kind of the same situation <laughs> where you, you play, and, like, hey, everybody, yeah, like, yeah, you're doing good right here, you're doing good right there. And, like, it's like, oh, fingers. <laughs> You're like, ah, no, man. Ah, uh, where you going, buddy? Yeah, what are you doing here? It makes it better when you winning because it's not a. Yeah. If you look, if that's if y'all lost that game oh, no, and you hit didn't. the wrong gap, it's over. Oh yeah, man, he but he digging off. But you. but what made it worse is the way because we had primitive technology back then. Uh-huh. So he had the little handheld where it keeps rewinding it back and forth. He had like a little joystick. Yeah. So and mind you, it was like it was VHS. Yeah. We yeah. didn't you know we didn't have like updated. You know DVD shit back then, yeah. so he's rewinding it back and forth, and it just shows me going to the wrong hole every, every time. It's so crazy when your mind, when you make the mistake, it feels so right, and then yeah. it's not so afterwards. And the play scores or whatever, you're like, "What am I doing? I know yeah. I'm not supposed to go there." Yeah, that was absolutely stupid. And yeah. in your mind, you think you're just trying to make a play, but you fucked it all up. Yeah, you you doing? <laughs> it's like it's the doing too much. Like you just got to do your job. <laughs> That's where everybody be screwing up, uh, especially in football. It's it, it. The thing that sucks about football is you get exposed by being an idiot. Yeah. It's one thing, like I was saying, it's one thing to have a physical mistake. Yeah. Like you get juked or you get ran over or something like that. But generally, the ones that are the worst is the mental mistakes where you hit the wrong gap or you're in the wrong coverage and you know, you're know you not on the same page as, as everybody else on the team. Those yeah. are the worst. That's when the big gut, like the big 20, 30-yard plays come from. I think what happens is, is when you get roasted on film or <laughs> or you've, you know, you've watched so much film or you play a certain position, you can see who's fucking up in NFL and college games. For sure. Like, I remember yeah. the reason why USC lost to the Texas Longhorns that year with Vince Young is because Frosty Rucker didn't contain outside. Yeah. It, what happened is, is Vince... Vince sucked him in. Like the way, the way, like I guess Vince pump faked or something. He kind of froze the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Frosty Rucker tried to make a play, but he ain't fast enough to get upfield. Yeah. So what happened is, is fucking Vince ended up running full speed outside. And then Frosty didn't have a good a good angle to catch him, and he yeah. went right in there and scored. If Frosty would have stayed outside contained, he would have stopped them from scoring. So yeah. when I look at that game, I'm like, Frosty blew it. Yeah. And he's playing deep at the van. He played in the NFL for quite some That's time. That's what I'm saying. Those mental mistakes, it, like, yeah. though, though, you get it, you just get exposed. Yeah. And I was like, there's no, that USC shouldn't have lost that game. No. I mean, like, you know, he was, uh, what's his quarter, what's the quarterback's name? Uh, Matt Liner. No, the Texas quarterback. Oh, Vince Young. Vince Young. Yeah, Vince Young was good, but that USC team was stacked. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. that was a super stacked team, man. Yeah. That's a super good team. All yeah. right, let's go ahead and, and close this thing out here with this next one. If you've been just going on a tangent, I'm, I'm sorry for anybody that's not a football fan. 
Mm-hmm. And we kind of went on a tangent talking about football for a little bit. Yeah, I'm but, not apologizing. Y'all, this is our journey. You <laughs> <laughs> get to know us a little bit. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Let's close this thing out. Like what you like. You know, and I say that because uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, kind of had a little bit of a conversation about it. We'll be brief. But I think in society, we get too caught up in um, social perception. Right. And I I think it's ruining how we connect with people. And I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I'm sure a lot of women have done it. And it's actually really embarrassing that we have allowed this. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, for example, there's probably a girl that, you know, she met this dude. He's funny. He's super cool. Really nice. She likes him. He likes her, but she kind of like doesn't deal with him because he's five foot seven, right? So instead of dealing with the five foot seven guy, she met this other dude that's like six two, handsome, has no personality, nothing. But because of social, like social perception, she can't, she doesn't feel comfortable being with this smaller dude that's not, that doesn't make her look good on like social media Mm -hmm. or to her social circle. Because what happens, too, is when women will show a picture of the guy they like, their friends automatically have an opinion about the physical part, mm-hmm. not like, how does he treat you? Is he good to you? Is he funny? And the same thing happens with guys where not not that exactly, but it'll be a girl that let's say we like her. She's a little bit on the heavy side. You know what I'm saying? She's kind of a big girl, whatever the case. And we like her. Right. But men are too caught up like, oh, I don't want to be seen out with that fat girl. Yeah. You know, so yeah. now now the girl that you really like a lot, you don't deal with her because you are so shallow. You are afraid of what people will think about you publicly instead of you being actually happy with somebody. Mm-hmm. This happens more than people think it does. For sure. And it's it's really unfortunate. And yeah. we, we got one life, man. We're all going to die someday. If you meet a girl and she fat, but she is awesome. I say just go for it, man. Yeah. Go for it. You know, yeah. I mean, you like her, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah, it, it 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 that definitely happens a lot. I think yeah. I probably not on that level, but probably experienced like, you know, like the per like the perception thing. Like, mm-hmm. what would people think about if you know I dated this person? Or what would people think? It could be even like ethnicities. You know, mm-hmm. we as especially in the black community, it's mm-hmm. like there's a stigma associated with dating white women or whatever the case may be and you know a lot of that be like oh dang i you know you may actually like somebody but like it's like no nah, i can't really i can't bring this this woman home i don't want the conversations or i can't yeah. bring this person around my That's friends a good one. so yeah i think it's important like you know, inside of the dating world, especially because that's your life, yeah. you know, you gonna have to live your life with, you know, this person or you're going to have to, you, you're going to skip out on, on somebody that you, you know, could live a, you know, wonderful life with just because of, you know, what other people may say about it. Um, that shouldn't even factor into what, you know, who you choose to be with romantically, but it's not only a, excuse me, it's not only a romantic thing. This also happens in like just the things we like. You know, right. as far as like television and uh, yes. and, and cartoons and clothes and all these different things, mm-hmm. especially for younger kids, uh, high school kids, you know, it happens. High school is like that that peak time where some of this stuff happens. But even before then, high school, a lot of it is like um, what you choose to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like certain certain things like it may be a guy that like really wants to be the next 
you know, have the next Louis Vuitton or whatever the case may be. And they're like, man, I really want to join this, um, like the sewing class, but it's it's only girls in there. And I don't mm. want to be like the guy, you know, walking into the, you know, people going to think I'm gay and all this right. other stuff. And, you know, in terms of that, like, you know, it's a lot of stuff in high school, especially even sports that we choose to play. Right. As niggas, we're going to play hoop. We're going to run track. We're going to play football. And that's like pretty much it. But it may be a guy that just have tennis. like a curiosity, yeah, curiosity about tennis soccer. or soccer or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And um, we don't do it because that's just like it's not really looked at like yeah, you know, like all the other. Sports, we got to so. stop it. And like you mentioned yeah. too, like the whole race thing. Like I'm sure there's like a Mexican girl that like a black guy or a white mm-hmm. girl or a black woman that liked a white guy or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it because they were afraid of the family's opinion or social. Uh, perception of that situation yeah. and it's like bro you live one life you got to start living for you too mm-hmm. because yeah that's that's bad uh your brother my best friend of over 20 plus years desmond was in a sewing class he's yeah, the only he was. guy in there yeah and that's why you know i look at little things chess like club that too chess club too desmond mm-hmm. was in chess club he was in sewing class mm-hmm. desmond was a guy and and this is and even though i'm a year older than him i've I, i'm so blessed to have him in my life because he he, kind of in a way indirectly stripped me of those type of behaviors because Desmond was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Desmond had blonde hair as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the hair dyed like Eminem as a freshman. He was mm-hmm. in a fucking sewing class. Mm-hmm. He played football, played defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Fucking this guy, he's just a different dude. Yeah, he's chess club and shit like that. Yeah, he just was a um, a person that wasn't afraid to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that 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 kind of opened my eyes because there wasn't a lot of people like that. Yeah, for sure. Everybody was too caught up in trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a couple, not not exactly like Desmond, but mm-hmm. um, a couple people that played tennis or I had a, one of my friends, he played soccer. You know, everybody was running. I think soccer might fall around track season. And, uh, you know, everybody was running track, but he, he was playing soccer. And it was just like, I was like, bro, that's dope. Like, you know, have fun. And you, you just never know what, what you could be good at because – you know, we kind of like we kind of have our our lives mapped out for us as soon as you walk across that campus. Like, OK, we're going to play football. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that's just kind of how your life goes. But, you know, it's so much that you can do in, inside of high school and, you know, like yearbook and stuff like that. You know, just stuff you can really get uh, just experience. And you can only you only have to do it for like a semester just to see what it is. And then you could just kind of go on with your life. But, yeah, I just imagine like. You know, like uh, that kid in elementary school, that's like a super, you know, like, for example, when I was in college, um, for those of you that don't know, I studied film and animation at uh, New Mexico State. And it to be a filmmaker, like to be an artist, you got to have you got to be a little weird. You know what I mean? So and the filmmaker, if you think if you thought about like. The film school in general, which encompassed the the, the the digital film side and then the animation side, the digital filmmakers were like the jocks. They were a little bit cooler. Um, you know, they just like carried themselves better. They a little bit more socially normal, I guess you would say. Mm. And the animation, they were just weird. Like they're the people that come to school with the little the the little hair uh, the headphones with the ears on them. And they just watch anime all the time. And they know these like weird references that you probably never heard of. And but they're really good at, at drawing and, and, and animating and stuff like that. 
but what happened, I say that to say like what happens a lot of times is, you know, we can all appreciate the same things, but somewhere there could have been a person that was in that, in that situation that their, their dreams got suppressed mm, because they're in elementary yeah. school and somebody is saying like, dog, you weird. Like, why are you, mm-hmm. why are you watching? Like, why you got comic books at school? Like, why are you doing that? And that person could be the next Stan Lee, but mm-hmm. they like, they just didn't think that comic books was cool enough. So they stopped buying them or they stopped reading them or whatever. Yeah. So. You know, the sad thing about it is the same person that will call you weird will indulge in things that, um, let's say, for example, you want to be a, a, a comic, right? Not mm-hmm. a comic, but you want to you want to create a comic book. Right? Yeah. So you do a lot of drawing and you watch comic books and yeah. you're in the anime and things like that. And the same person that will call you weird is a huge fan of these Marvel movies. What do you think the origin story was? Like a kid with it, a dream, a, a person with a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you like, man, look at them trying to be a comedian. Like they really think they could do it, bro. Mm-hmm. You, your favorite comedian is Mike Epps and Chris Rock, and they all started off the same way. Yeah. So you indulge. There are people in your family that will doubt that you could do something, but they indulge in watching comedy or going to comedy shows. Yeah. Like, like that's that shit is wild to me. But I don't want to get off track. Mm-hmm. I think you need to like what you like and just be, just don't be afraid of it, man. Mm-hmm. Just don't be afraid of it, bro. Like, regardless of what it is, and just take it head on because you're gonna die someday. Yeah, we're all gonna die, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, look, look here. Don't don't be afraid to date outside of your culture. Mm-hmm. You like the person, take a shot. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna get some shit, for, some shit for that. People are like you said to date white girls. I never said that, mm-hmm. but you can go ahead and try it out. Yeah, as long as you're okay with it. I mean, that's really you all will that never have seasoning on your food, but go ahead and try it. That's crazy. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. It's, yeah. it's some, I know some white people that be putting seasoning on their food, man. Yeah. So don't be offended. Don't yeah. be offended. Yeah, you guys do a great job with those casseroles. <laughs> 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 oh man that's crazy yeah man yeah but yeah i think i think that's important just like you said like what you like don't be um don't try to fit into these norms like because that, that that's a that's a that's a long life of just chasing mm-hmm. chasing the popular thing to do um and then you're gonna look back when you 40 years old and be like dang man i, I used to what happened, man? I used to really like this cartoon when I was a kid. Or I used to really like playing this game when I was a kid. Or I used to really, you know, I, I used to like singing or whatever. And you know, a lot, all that stuff, you know, it just is an out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know? It's it, it's even like, I think about like swimming. You know, I know uh, Coach Sheehy, I don't know if you know, he was like a national champion swimmer when he was, uh, Coach Sheehy is, you know, he's a coach at BHS. Um, at Bakersfield High School, but mm-hmm. he was he was like a national champion swimmer. I don't know if he got he had like some record or something like that when he was a kid, like maybe like uh, middle school or something like that. And obviously, he goes into high school and he plays football and he goes, you know, plays in college and pro and stuff like that. But I say that to say it'd be a lot of a lot of black kids that's like could probably be the fastest swimmer in the yeah. world, but just, you know, it just don't we don't want to wear no speedos and you know, yeah. all this other stuff. So yeah. I'm telling you, man, it'd be it'd be some uh black woman like be a white dude walk up to him, like, I don't date white boys. And it'd be some swagged out, like super confident white dude. He like, Well you ain't never dated me before. <laughs> My name is Sean. How you doing? What's your name? <laughs> What's your name? She's like, uh Shanika. Hi Shanika. I just had to come over and just tell you how beautiful you were. 
It's yeah. like, oh, thank you. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, here's my number sometimes. You know, we should go to rodeo and have a couple beers or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, girl, before I knew it, I was at the rodeo with Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Bradley, have you at the rodeo like a motherfucker? Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I've heard some black women say that like I don't I don't date white boys and all of a sudden they just hugged up with this white dude. Yeah. And like, oh, there it goes. Some white dudes just be swaggy. They just got the they got the confidence. And it don't and a lot of time it don't even be like the black acting white dudes. It'd be like just the white dude that's comfortable with theyself. Yeah. Like they ain't even yeah, they just got they just got the confidence. They'll pull up on you with some Wrangler jeans on, like, mm-hmm. yeah, this came from a long day as welding at work. Yeah, and I seen you over here just looking like a beautiful queen. I had to say, how how you doing? Yeah, wanted to meet your acquaintance. Just over there at the ranch and uh, just taking care of things. But I took some time off just to come talk to you, beautiful. It's like, oh my god! So yeah. like, and then after afterwards, she gonna be on Instagram. Got a white boy on my roster. He be buying, <laughs> me, he be buying me pasta and lobster. <laughs> 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 this white boy's a munch. <laughs> oh man, that is crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like this podcast is missing like a um like a producer slash like mm-hmm. extra producer, like a like a Alex or a, or a Taylor. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah, one day. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be dope. Taylor is actually more useful than than they make it sometimes. She be putting. Yeah, they be talking. I mean, that, it's kind of the. It's like the, their, little, the butt of the joke. Their relationship, yeah. Yeah, on the pod. But, but they know how how useful or she puts that that podcast together. Yeah, I, if we had Taylor for probably about ten episodes, then we probably will see like how much value she brings to it. Yeah, for have sure. her as a third mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, people don't know what we're talking about. We're referencing the Brilliant Idiots podcast. Oh, you're gonna go to the questions. We're gonna go to questions right, right now. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, we don't, we don't have we don't always ask, but that I'm gonna have to start changing that. I have to start making people a part of the conversation. Yeah, man, that's so, a good idea. Yeah, I, I, you guys asked a few questions, some really good ones. I'll go over them right now. I got them sent to the IG. Excuse me. Okay. Oh, I got another one. Okay. Oh, you got it. We just got one that popped up right now. Jeez. Okay. That was dope. It says, uh, uh, do you guys think overtime should be untaxed since we already pay our dues with 40? Fuck yeah. Mm, they should, that'd they, be good. That's a good question. Yeah. They, they should not be taxing the fuck out of the overtime. Because you get into a new tax bracket and then you're just like, you have to work so much to make to make less it's insane do you Mm -hmm. know that there's people and this is going to go over some people's head there are some people that make more but they make less now does that make sense yeah you know what i mean because because you so you'll go from like a 15 percent tax bracket Mm -hmm. to like 25 Mm percent and then you're working more hours and Mm -hmm. yeah that's how yeah yeah so you could work more and make less so just gonna fuck you more i think that more jobs should um allow you they should pay you what they pay you and just allow you to pay your taxes on your own. Bruh, something. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I just what sucks is we we sometimes we gotta keep the same energy as these as as the government as the government. Because the thing that's fucked up is they don't have any transparency and there's no paper trail of where all your taxes are going. Like it, it annoys me when I know how much taxes I'm paying and then I drive over fucking potholes on the way to work. It's like, hey, I should have a smooth fucking road with as much taxes as I pay. 
For sure. Like, that is fucking insane. Yeah, it's a crazy pothole right when we turn on the street to our house. Man, it's, it's ins- oh my God, it's insane. Like, this shit could drive an average American to want to get a brick of cocaine and just do something illegal with it. <laughs> I like that um, <laughs> back in the day, this was years ago, uh, I think it was P- Domino's, I think it was Domino's, they were fixing potholes and then they were putting their logo yeah, uh, next that. to it. It was like a little advertising thing. I was like, yeah, that's pretty dope. That's a, that's a good like little marketing scheme. They probably fixed like three potholes and made a big deal out of it because they mm-hmm. ain't going to spend no money to do the city's job. <laughs> probably, I mean, if it's some app, if you get some, sell some pizzas out of it, shoot, that's a good There was idea. a dude that he was like a local hero, and I seen it on TikTok. There was a dude, there was so many potholes in like his area that like late at night, he would get like a van and he had this, this ready mix um, pothole filler. Mm-hmm. And he would like pour it in and he would like pound it into the ground and mm-hmm. he was fixing potholes everywhere. He was like a local hero. Dang, that's dope. Shout I was like, him. damn. But the, the thing about it is, is like it's sad because the local government needs to fix that. They're just they're not allocating the funds properly and yeah. they're just taking so much money. You know, these motherfuckers are just too much power, man. But yeah, I think it should be everything should be untaxed over Personally, but they're just going to find more ways to tax you. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. My advice to people is this. If you can find a way to make tax-free money, meaning it does not get reported unless you go report it manually, don't mm-hmm. report that shit. Make all of it. Because they taxing you on everything already. For just sure. make your money and go on about your business. Fuck them. Yeah. That's ridiculous. In some places, it costs $5 for one goddamn McChicken. Are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. Bro, I think McDonald's, what's the McChicken now? Like $3 now? Yeah, I got one the other day. Um, it was pretty expensive. It might have been two-something. I forgot. It's almost $3? I, I sent you a message, but it was it was expensive. Yeah. Oh, my God. If one place, it's, at some places, it's $5. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, dude, this is insane. And you know what's crazy is when I went out to visit uh, your brother, I went to McDonald's out there. And I noticed, I was like, hmm, that's, that's odd. And the prices dropped when I got to Bakersfield. By the time I got to Bakersfield, the prices have went back down with McDonald's. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, we in the same state, and is that fucking different? God yeah, damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Now that McDonald's is not constricted to a, a dollar menu, now they just going crazy. They going crazy, man. Yeah. They, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get to the point where you're going to have to create a McDonald's OnlyFans just to buy the goddamn. <laughs> I'm going to start showing dick to get free food. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Yeah, showing uh, showing dick for McDoubles. <laughs> hit up, hit my link. <laughs> All right, that's one question there. Uh, uh, another one. It says, "Tell us something painful someone said to you that still stays with you." Hmm. I was having relations with this young lady, and she said, "You'll never be a porn star." <laughs> I'm fucking around. That, that never happened. I can't. I can't think something painful um probably what my coach said when he said you're getting abused out there oh yeah yeah that's not something you want to hear especially like as you know in like football uh confidence is everything so 100%. if you're playing if you're playing quarterback or you're playing cornerback those are probably like the two positions that rely the most heavily on uh confidence if your coach is telling you that like that's something that definitely stuck with me yeah i i don't i don't remember i can't think of Mm. You know what? I th- there is something painful that uh, that uh, was told to me. I- I'll leave it nameless, but uh, leave them nameless. But one of my aunts said this, and this was this is really disrespectful. I wasn't in a great time in my life, and I had a car 
uh, at the time I had a, a Chevy Malibu. It was a little older and it didn't it wasn't terrible. It didn't have really bad links, uh, leaks, but uh, she came by one day and uh, I went over to the resident and she said, oh, you can't have your car leaking like that out here. This this ain't the hood. Mm. How'd you feel? I just felt disrespected. Yeah. I felt disrespected because I felt like there was something deeper to that statement. Like mm. almost like you're talking to me like I'm some outsider. Yeah. And I, I and I thought about it. Like at that moment when she said that, I was just like, what? Mm. And then like as time progressed, it was like, is that what you think about me? Mm. Like you think about me. That was a very reductive thing to say to me. And that was like in, oh, Lord, that had to be in 2009. Yeah. Um, when she said that. And it was yeah. extremely disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And one thing about me is I don't I don't say things like that to people because I understand what they can do. And it may seem like something small, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, but it wasn't even it, it wasn't said in a joking manner. Mm-hmm. It's very derogative. Like you can't have your car leaking out here. This ain't the hood. Almost as if like in the hood, cars is leaking oil and shit everywhere. Yeah. And since I'm some hood person, it's painting you as some ghetto. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucked up. That's just a yeah. fucked up thing to say. Yeah. And I still remember it. So every now and then it pops up in my head. Yeah. I swear to God. Like mm-hmm. every now and then it just pops up, and I'm just like, God, that was terrible. Yeah. Like I and. And I don't think family members realize that some of the things that they get away with, we let it slide because you family. Yeah. We let it slide because you, you know, you you family. But if you wasn't family, I probably would have told you to fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's really disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, now that I think about it, 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 it stays with me. It doesn't affect me. But it's a reminder for me to never replicate or re react or not react or reenact something like that. Mm-hmm. That that was uh that was definitely not okay. But yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah. Uh here's another one. Um, what are each of you guys' top five podcasts, not in, not including your own? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh 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 all right, I got mine. Mine's is the Brand It Is podcast, which is a great podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Pivot, which is with Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder, and uh, what's his name? Freaking um, Fred Taylor. No, I already said it. Fred Taylor, Channing oh. Crowder, and Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty decent podcast. Pretty decent. It's kind of vanilla, though. I like them, but it seems like every episode, every conversation is exactly the same. Mm. It's not like a real changing of energy there mm. this is like really vanilla questions but i do like them though i will say that mm-hmm. um your mom's house podcast with tom segura and christina pozitsky they're both comedians yeah funny fucking podcast love them love them christina's really funny too mm-hmm. um danny brown podcast the rapper danny brown it's pretty decent mm-hmm. he has some episodes that's kind of off but <laughs> for the most part he's a pretty good podcaster pretty funny yeah. and then uh, theo vaughn's podcast called this past weekend Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. And, oh, and another one. It's not. I didn't put it on the five, but it's a really fucking good one. And it and it's a completely different genre. It's called uh, Swindled. Oh, Swindled. Yeah. Swindled podcast mm-hmm. has a bunch of different events that have happened that where people were embezzling money, stealing money, or there was like a company that was that was hiding chemicals somewhere. 
One of the craziest ones I heard on the Swindled podcast was called the Love Canal. Mm-hmm. And the Love Canal, basically, I think it was in New Jersey. And they built a bunch of houses on this land. Mm-hmm. But previously, there was a toxic waste company that used that land for many, many years to dump chemicals and all kinds of just just really fucked up, harsh, uh, non-environmental um, chemicals in this waste. It was like a waste, a waste yard. So they ended up selling that whole property for $1. Mm-hmm. Think about that. A toxic waste dump site sells their company for one dollar, and the, and the company was called the Hooker Company. Literally, mm-hmm. they sold it for one dollar. This freaking, I guess, this developer or whatever it is, they bought it for a dollar, and then they just built on top of it, mm-hmm. right? So they built on top of this land that was uh, fucking basically radioactive, mm-hmm. right? And what ends up happening is a bunch of women have miscarriages. A bunch of people get cancer and a bunch of people start dying. And uh, what ends up happening is, is the toxic waste. And this is a true story. The toxic waste and all the, the, the bad environmental stuff, when it rains, all of it starts coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. So they see a bunch of sludge and chemicals that come from the soil that come up. And it's just a terrible story. And uh, if you look it up and you look up the Love Canal, it'll pop up the whole story. And it's crazy. That probably has to be one of the most craziest stories that I've heard from the podcast. And there's another one called the Bhopal, the Bhopal, uh, like Bhopal accident where a bunch of people fucking got exploded. They, they exploded from like natural gas or something. It's a terrible, sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, I think it happened in the Middle East. But, oh, it's terrible. That's sick. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Hold on. Before before you get to you, there's one more. It was a Coca Cola. You know what? I'm I'm not I'm not gonna ruin it. You guys just go check out the Swindle podcast. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead, Keith. Sorry about that. Are you good? Um, I have like some some top five and then like some honorable mentions. Some of them is like a little bit interchangeable depending on because some of them are like more interview based, mm-hmm. and it's like. Sometimes I'm just popping up to because the person is being interviewed, not necessarily mm. because of the podcast. True. But so uh mine, Brilliant Idiots is number one. Um, that's probably just like in terms of uh what I want out of a podcast, like a little bit of information, a little bit of comedy, you know, it's sometimes closer a to good, ours. Yeah, sometimes a good conversation. Um and yeah, those that's those are kinda like at least for me, um, the the, the that's the first podcast that I listen to. So you know, that's kind of what I model my podcast space after. Um, I like Joe Budden podcast. Um, I, I, I liked it before with Rory and Ball. And then it, it took me a minute to kind of like get comfortable with the new cast. But I think they have a good, uh, they have a good, a good thing going over there. Um, yeah, they have a, you know, some new co-hosts and they got, they got a female Melissa Ford on there now. And then they have like, um, they just have like good conversations, uh, for the most part. Um, and then earn your leisure. I don't listen to it as much as I used to, but definitely just in terms of financial literacy and just having like, just like really just inspiration. Like if you're a person that's like just yeah. trying to get on your feet and you like, man, I just want to figure out life. I want to figure out how to save money. I want to figure out how to invest. I want to figure out how to start a new business. Like they just be having like dope interviews with like, um, different people and now they're like starting to get more 
notoriety. So they're bringing on like more and more, you know, like really, you know, top level executives and stuff now. So uh, Earn Your Leisure is, uh, is a dope one. And then um, I got the pivot on there. I put pivot and I am athlete because I said, like I said before, like a lot of times I'm going there to for a specific yeah. person. Um, and obviously they got a connection. So like, you know, uh, I think I think I am athlete had Reggie Bush on there. And I'm a huge Reggie Bush fan, so you know I went over there to 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 listen to that. And then the pivot they had, uh, they had um, like the Terrence Crawford and uh, and um, Earl Spence interviews and stuff. So definitely like for my the athletes that I'm a fan of, I definitely like to um, to 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 watch those. Yeah. And then I got athlete took a shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. Um, and then I got Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is another oh, person. Oh, fuck. How did I not have Rogan? I don't know how you don't have Joe God Rogan. God damn man. it. Like tripping. I got to tell you, that's, that's <laughs> easily top five. Fuck. Yeah. Love Joe Rogan, Joe. obviously, like, he's like the GOAT, like, yeah, podcaster. He's, he's guy, just man. just the the vastness right. of, you know, the type of people he interviews, whether, like, politicians, scientists, yeah. um, that's athletes. Probably, that's probably number one for me. I don't see how the fuck I miss Rogan. Yeah, so Joe Rogan is is definitely up there, and he knows like a little bit about everything. So oh, yeah. he just has like he just has the ability to talk to anybody, which mm-hmm. is like it's very 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 hard to do. Um, where you can engage in a two hour three hour conversation with like you know just anybody, you know. So yeah. I think that that's that's uh, the superpower. The three most awesome interviews he's had, or three or four, is. Um, Killer Mike had an amazing fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. Jelly Roll is just an awesome human being. I just love Jelly Roll, man. Like anytime he's on any interview, I watch all of them. Mm-hmm. And then another one was uh that dude that came up with that song recently, Oliver. I forgot his last name. You seen that dude? The one that went viral for that song? No, I didn't. He's like, what's going on in the world to be people like you? People, you ain't heard that song? Mm-mm. It went it went mega viral. But Joe, his name is, it'll pop up right here. His name is uh, uh, Oliver Anthony. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage you guys to go check that one out. It was a really, really good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, I mean, he got thousands of interviews. So you could just like press play. Yeah. And just run into like a good interview. Yeah. Post- now, another good one was what's that? That singer? The one that was making like a million dollars. Oh, Jewel. Jewel. Oh, my God. Jewel just is like, I don't know what it is about Jewel. Even though she's older, she's still really like, like has a very like sexy personality. Mm -hmm. Like she's, she looks pretty good for her age too, but she just has a really like attractive personality. Mm -hmm. Another woman like that, that is just as sexy from her personality than her looks is Nia Long. Yeah, Nia Long is still. Nia Long is just such a beautiful person. Like, you know, um, inside and out. But yeah. yeah, Jewel, Jewel, that's definitely another one to listen to. That's a, that a good fucking one. amazing conversation. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson has some pretty good episodes too. Yeah, did you know Neil was a a freaking big time wrestler? Did you know that? Like he, like no. he used to wrestle. Yes, Neil deGrasse Tyson was a dog. I just seen it today. I didn't know that. <laughs> It'd be he, some random like and he random was guys. Too. He was Neil deGrasse was buff too. It's like a. I remember when I seen that dude like Marcus Brown Marcus Brownlee, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He's like the tech guy, He'd be doing the reviews on, on Oh yeah, YouTube. that guy, yeah. Yeah. They show him playing like Ultimate Frisbee. This nigga's a freak athlete. Yeah, he's he diving all over that. and throwing the frisbee. I'm like, what the what heck? The hell? Yeah. yeah, he's like not a regular frisbee dude. Like he's 
athletically gifted. I see. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So yeah. He's something in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joe Rogan is definitely. Uh, you know, that's kind of like if you just want like an introduction to what podcasting is. That's, yeah. that's the one to go to. Joe's the guy. Um, and then I got some honorable mentions. I got a million dollars worth of game. Like mm-hmm. I said, that one is kind of like dependent on who Interview, they're interviewing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a fan of all the people that they interview, but yeah. certain um, certain athletes, certain uh, rappers, entertainers, I, I definitely like you know 100%. going over there because they're, they're like they're hilarious together. Um, uh, uh, Wallow and uh, Gilly, so mm-hmm. they, that's definitely a, a good podcast. And then um, one that's kind of like. Random is I, I listen to this one. It's called Right On. It's a it's a, it's a screenwriting podcast, and they're sponsored mm. by a Final Draft. And for me, you know, like I I like to have my fun and listen to stuff just when I'm doing stuff. But sometimes you get exhausted by like hearing the the latest take on what's going on with Kanye West and whatever. So mm. I like listen to an interview of the writer of King Richard or the writer of uh, Abbott Elementary or the showrunner of this, and they'll have like they short like 30, 45 minute video, uh, interviews where they're just having a conversation and, you know, just you get to pick people's brain and see like, for example, right. um, the person that wrote King Richard, he was just telling a story about how he was like a 30 some year old guy who hadn't really had anything uh, made before. Mm-hmm. And he had just had a kid and, you know, how he just like uh he knew some people and he was like, you know, practicing and writing every day. And he finally got an opportunity to to write the movie and he met um the the Williams family and he met uh the mom and stuff like that and and then Will Smith came on and he just like took off from there but you know you just mm. get to see and hear stories of like filmmakers that are like that kind of lets you know that you're not crazy so it's always yeah. good to hear those things this one I didn't mention too and I'll leave you guys with this one is, is if you go to YouTube and you put in snap judgment there are some of the most awesome stories that you ever hear and and I would consider this it's I guess it's kind of a podcast, um, but yeah, it's some amazing stories on Snap Judgment, and it, it, they're probably probably about ten years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, there's one specifically that was a really captivating story of a guy that he knew he grew, his brother was different. His brother would hang out with a lot of girls and stuff like that, and you know he started to come to terms to you know that his brother was gay, mm-hmm. right? And his father always told them, hey, be who you are. So he was able to at least open up and be gay at an early age. Mm-hmm. To make the long story short, as they got older, his brother, the brother was gay, got into drugs into a rough life and started, I guess, like prostituting and being like a trans woman. And as the guy's telling the story, he was like, my brother, my brother, my brother. And then I guess what ended up happening is that somebody murdered um, his brother, uh, who had conver- had uh, transitioned into being a trans woman. And he ends it, and the way he ended it, it was really sad. He's like, I miss you, I love you, my sister, mm-hmm. right? But it's this long transition, it's a story in between of, you know, this, this describing the relationship, you know, yeah. and into the time um, his his uh, sister was murdered. Yeah. So I think it's it's just a lot of stories like that. Was it like a... Like a transphobic thing, or uh, possibly mm-hmm. it was. It was. It was more or less. I don't even call it a transphobic thing. It was probably more of a person that did not know, and then that happened. And yeah. what I will say is, is it's. I'm not justifying that at all. But you could imagine a reaction from a person that that goes through that. And I'm not trying to rationalize murder or anything like that. But that was what happened. Yeah, I think 
above all the the uh, justifications and the uh, victim blaming and stuff like that, I think it's just important to be transparent in those situations because if you are, <laughs> yeah, you want to be, tra- you definitely want to be transparent in those situations. Mm-hmm. But if you are, um, you know, transitioning or you are a, a trans a sexual, it's there's some people that's gonna like it and they're gonna rock with it and it's gonna be good. Um, but some people they may not. So just to protect yourself and to protect, you know, everybody involved, it's better to just be upfront about those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go to YouTube and check out Snap mm-hmm. Judgment. It's more or less. It's almost like, almost like a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. TED Talks are pretty cool too, depending on who they are. I've heard some amazing fucking TED Talks. Yeah, it's just so much information. It's just oh man, it's dope. Like people on there, they talking about businesses and yes, like just uh, they're talking about. Um, Andrew Schultz has one, and yes, um, Le- yeah. Letty has one too. Yeah, I think that would be dope. I would, I would like to do a TED Talk one day. Oh yeah, you totally. You don't have to wait for those motherfuckers. You could do one on yeah. your own. I think you. I forget how they do it, but you can like. I think anybody can do it. Like. You just uh, get a stage and get the little logo and, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how the production goes, but it seems to be pretty easy to do one. Yeah. You have to bring some people out, though. You don't want to be doing a TED Talk with nobody there. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. Definitely not. Well, mm-hmm. um, it looks like we made it to the end of this one. We appreciate the questions. Uh, let me double check, make sure somebody didn't add another one. That was dope, man. Thank y'all for asking those questions. 100%. We man. don't really get to interact with people. Yeah, but it, it's, it's kind of self-inflicted wound there. You got mm-hmm. I, you know, got to put the bait out for them. You know, mm-hmm. to you know, get involved, and I did it late. I didn't do it till a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that probably I told one. I told one uh, one of the listeners. I said, "Hey, you got any questions? I'm giving you first dibs." He's like, "You put me on the spot, man. I don't know what to say." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Come on, man." <laughs> All right. Well, there's there's that. All right. If you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Bings. We're out of here. Peace.